0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into Hoopsville on a Sunday evening. Hope you are ready to enjoy this one. If you got questions for us, as always, tweet us at D3 Hoopsville and hashtag hoopsville. You can also email us hoopsville at d3hoops.com or join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hoopsville. That is hopefully all scrolling at the bottom of your screen currently to keep you up to date. Uh, lots to talk about. I feel like I say that every night, every week. Because there's always lots to talk about on every single show, Sundays and Thursday evenings, 7 o'clock Eastern Time. I'll freely admit, I I tweeted this earlier in the week, heard a great podcast feature, our own Pat Coleman, from Chapman's assistant coach, Dan Krikorian. I I thought it was appropriate, there's another Krikorian in Division III, uh, to go along with John Krikorian, the head coach at Christopher Newport Men's Basketball. Anyway, great podcast, and every time I hear a podcast like that one or I hear a podcast like Pat Coleman's Around the Nation one with Keith McMillan in football, I'm always thinking about retweaking this one. Uh, I think we're a a little different. We've always been a radio show. We've been a radio show, though not on radio per se, but a radio-esque show since we were created back in 2001. We've always been online, never been at a traditional radio station. And that's kind of where it's come along. Doing a podcast is different. It's, it's a little bit more labor-intensive in the sense of longer duration. This certainly is labor-intensive as well. But I did get a, a kick out of listening to that. Certainly wonder if we could change some things. I'm hoping by the time we roll back into January, we've added some things to the show to kind of go in that direction. We do podcast the show, but we are live. We enjoy the fan rate inter- interaction. So I, I think there might be some room maybe for a hybrid. Maybe we can do one show live and one show that's uh, more podcasty in that nature. But just talking off the top of my head, because it was one of those weeks where I did get a chance to check out that and listen to some other programming. Of course, football uh, now headed to the Stag Bowl. I am wearing my uh, one of those rare opportunities. One of the Stag Bowls had purple shirts, so this is a Stag Bowl shirt. And what is it, Stag Bowl thirty eight? Uh, was a purple shirt, because, you know, it's all purple most of the time. It's going to be another all-purple affair, as uh, it's a rematch of sorts. Um, anyway, uh, so hats off to Mount Union, who just survived against Johns Hopkins, and hats off to Mary Baylor, who which got by Whitewater. They'll head to the Stag Bowl next week. Uh, normally, on a Sunday show ahead of the Stag Bowl, I would then say, by the way, there'll be no show on, Tuesday, on Thursday this week. uh uh, uh. This year, it's different. We will be on air as we are not heading to the Stag Bowl. But we still have a lot to talk about. This is uh, We have three more shows after this before the Christmas holiday, so we have plenty of time. Normally, we would have one, maybe two shows left at this point. So we have plenty of time to talk about some stories, and we're looking forward to getting into some things still in, in, in the weeks ahead. I already have some ideas for Thursday. There is an advantage um, this year for some reason. We're definitely ahead of the curb a little bit in terms of getting guest ideas. And regarding that, WBCA Center Court and NABC uh, Coaches' Corners will be returning. And we've even got story ideas there. So anyway, like we always say, if you got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. However you want to get a hold of us, we would love to hear from you. We've got lots to talk about and certainly things to keep us on our toes, as it were. And so we'll look forward to hearing what your thoughts are, at least for us or maybe for our guests. Whatever the case may be. Uh, Top 25 on the men's side, yeah, still a little bit of carnage. Less than last time, less than last time, but less games being played too. Women's side was quiet, a little bit of craziness uh, near the bottom. We'll get into all that in a bit. Let's talk about our guests tonight. We're talking about staying focused, and these are teams that either uh, are starting to see a little bit of uh, attention because their programs are stepping up or in one case, it's a program I've already been watching since the opening weekend of the season, to some extent. It might not be been the actual opening week of the season, I think, but I think it was a week into it. Um, and so I'm going to put the attention on them, because I think you're a pretty good team. Uh, we'll start with Marietta, the men's team, 8-0, and 3-0 in conference with some darn good wins, including their last one against Baldwin-Wallace. They also beat John Carroll. Um you know, the question becomes, and we were having a little bit of a debate on D3 boards. Hint, hint, you should go to D3 boards to chat about Division three basketball. It's still a thing to do on those chat boards. Register, and we'll, and we'll get you involved. Uh, chatting with our friend Ryan uh, a little bit about Marietta. You know, he says he's they've made a, a, a play to be the, the favorite in the conference this season. I feel like we've been down this road. To be blunt, I feel like we've been down the road with the Pioneers at this point in the season, where they come out like gangbusters, some years unexpectedly, some years expected, playing well, and then at some point stumble. And some years doesn't seem to hurt them too bad, make their way into the NCAA tournament. Some years it is it has derailed things a little bit. I wanted to bring John Vanderwall on the show to talk about that. Say, okay, we've been here before, maybe you're not with these players exactly, but the hype in town is certainly high, and, and you're playing well, and you have out to a good start in the OAC, which means now everybody's going to be gunning for you. How do they keep up the expectations, maybe, or te- temper them, maybe? Maybe it's about tempering expectations to some degree. Our other guest, uh, in order, by the way, if you're not you know, not familiar, Widener, women's basketball coach Alisa Kintner, will come on the show. This is the program I've been watching on the women's side. Because when I saw them at the McDaniel tournament earlier this season, I sat there going, wait, they're picked to finish fourth or fifth in the Commonwealth. That makes no sense to me. This is a very good team, has a ton of size and height inside. Uh, Three or four six-footers or higher who are mainstays. They've got a couple more who can come in off the bench. So they go five or six deep in just that size. But they're also an up-tempo squad. They were playing Eastern Mennonite. I remember sitting there going, okay, Eastern Mennonite won't mind going a little up-tempo here. And at one point in the second half, Eastern Mennonite was done. They were no longer interested in trying to go with that up-tempo. Probably one of the best, fiercest point guards, both on ball and and as as an offensive player, and on ball defensively, comes out of Widener. Heck of a, a talent to watch as a senior. And I think they're going to change up the Commonwealth a little bit. Stevenson women have been struggling a little bit, surprisingly. They were picked to finish second. Of course, Messiah is the favorite, as, as the ranking does indicate. But Widener gave Messiah a heck of a game. And so I think Widener is a team to watch. Well, Elisa Kittner will come on the show and talk about maybe the spotlight I'm giving the program as a non-Top 25 voter. Then we'll go into the Jack. not talk to New Jersey City, um, who 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 I think is still not figured out who they are this year. But Montclair State, now, interestingly enough, they lost yesterday on Saturday to New Jersey City. That's indicative of what we're seeing in the NJAC now. It has certainly become a much more competitive conference. It has always been a conference you never know what happens on any given night, but I think it's become more competitive, and in, in, in New Jersey City is certainly a very well-coached program. But I wanted to talk to Marlon Spears about Montclair State after they beat New Jersey City. And are playing very good at eight and two this season. I want to talk to him about where the Red Hawks have come. Normally on this program, we only talk about the Red Hawks for one reason, one reason only. it's Karen Harvey and the women's program. We'll hear we heard from Karen earlier in the season as a committee chair. We'll hear from Karen later on, even though I don't know if we'll necessarily talk about her program as um, they took a loss in conference uh, just on Saturday night as well. But I want to talk to Marlon Sears because I think Marlon Sears has a program there that's going to flip the end jack a little bit around. New Jersey City, Montclair, um, Ramapo might be sneaky good this year. You also have New Jersey City, who certainly is showing – I'm not New Jersey City, uh, TCNJ, who's showing maybe they're, they've come to play maybe Rowan in this mix, and there was one other I'm blanking on off the top of my head. That's an interesting N-Jack mix, and I want to hear from Marlon Sears. So those are our three guests tonight, and then we'll wrap things up, or somewhat wrap things up near the end of the show. Ryan Scott will join us once again. We'll talk about the top 25, another uh, ballot coming out next week. I think we've got two more, next week and then the following week before we take a Christmas break. I don't remember when the top 25 returns we might have one of those weird short weeks where we have it around January 1st or 2nd, kind of a, uh, five days at then until our next vote, but that's because there's so much gap with a weird holiday timing. So I think we've got two more ballots due next, this tomorrow, Monday, and it'll come out Monday evening and then next Monday, and then I think we take a break, and then we'll come back around New Year's. So that's just your top 25 stuff to keep you uh, in the loop. Um, again, if you got questions for us, tweet us at D3 Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville, email us hoopsville at d3hoops.com, and join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoopsville. Uh, we are on simulcasting on Facebook, and Brian Bayman says, love the jersey on the door, go Titans. Yep, the Oshkosh jersey looks good. We finally got a shipment in of uh, new items to hang jerseys, so we have a couple more jerseys we can hang up. Um, we plan in the winter break. Uh, I actually have some time. I was looking at my schedule next week. I don't have anything until Saturday in terms of uh, sporting events I have to go to, which is crazy, because the last two months I've had three or four games a week. Uh, so we have a little bit of time, not only do our Christmas shopping, but come in here and start tweaking the studio the way we've wanted to in the past, and we will be moving turn, um, things around. We may even put two uh, jerseys on that door, for all we know. That hoopsol sign will be moved. I've got an idea for a home, though I don't love it. I have an idea above the door, but for now I think the hoopsol sign is going to go above the door. We'll play it out and see how it is. Um, Brent Harris joining the program, sir. Welcome in. Uh, good to see you. By the way, I'll tell you all right now. If you have any ideas of discussing, um, is uh, if you have any ideas of discussing uh, football today, please don't. I've been away from football for basketball. I went and watched my son play basketball today. I am not coaching. I am not broadcasting any of my son's games. For the record, um, he's playing at an age I didn't even play at uh, basketball wise. Um, if you, uh, have a question, uh, where you want to talk football, please don't. Okay. And that's going to go with coach Vanderwall when we talk to him here coming up here shortly. Um, all right. So there you go. Let's talk about what happened this week. First off, well, I'm going to go in reverse order. I'm going to start with last night. I had a date night with my wife and friends of ours. We gather every couple of months for game night. It's a blast. And you don't really need those details, except we decided to do something different. We went out bowling. It was worth it. It was definitely fun. Had the Heisman up on the big screens uh, in front of us. Um, I, I promised myself to at least keep track of what was going on with Illinois Wesley and Augustana via Twitter. In the sense that I set up a couple alerts. Good friend Bob Quillman I knew would be tweeting about the game all, all night long. So I kept an eye on it. Even doing the uh, Twitter account for D3 Hoops last night in the sense of some retweets. Um, Okay, so halfway through the second half, I couldn't stop resisting. I I grabbed the phone and uh, put the game on, and uh, between frames uh, was uh, checking out the game. Heck of a game. Exactly what we expected it would be, especially at the hangar. Outstanding atmosphere, terrific game. I certainly wasn't listening. I was just watching more or less, but watching Bob Quillman's commentary, watching some other commentaries on Twitter, exactly what expected it to be, though it makes it even more difficult because, remember, Wheaton went and beat Illinois Wesleyan this week. Um, now Illinois Wesleyan gives Augustana a game. Now it means Illinois Wesleyan has lost two uh, this week, correct? Yes, lost two this week. They're eighth in the poll. They're in my top ten. I'm not dropping them that hard. I'll be, and Ryan Scott and I can talk about this later. I am not going to drop them significantly with those two losses. How I handle Wheaton will be the d- really challenging part there. But I still think Illinois Wesleyan may be a top-ten team despite those two losses. But that's what we're getting used to in parity now. And so now it becomes more difficult. How do you shift a team? Some teams I'm, I'm much more um, strict with, with dropping two games. Some I'm not going to be. And so that gets me to the start. Uh, Our first team in the top 25 that lost this week was the 8th-ranked Titans. They lost to uh, 90-88 to to Wheaton, and then they lost to Augustana 67-60, though that game was closer than 67-60. Plattsburgh lost to Brockport this week, 79-78, after beating Middlebury. I almost want to say that's a letdown game or a trap game that Brockport got them on. Brockport didn't bring back the talent that... That, you know, as much talent as as they had for that NCAA tournament team. And to be blunt, Brockport is probably should have been in the NCAA tournament last year. Got in. Uh, Plattsburgh at least made up for it with a win over Geneseo, 65 57. But that loss to Brockport, I think, is telling. I think Plattsburgh's a good team. I just don't think they're number 10 in the country. Um, you then drop down to Worcester, and Wabash got them, 62-60. We may have to consider getting Wabash on the show, but, man, we're doing a lot of Great Lakes teams at this point in time. But Wabash with a win, 62-60 over Worcester, including a terrific last-second play. Randolph-Macon lost to Christopher Newport, 71-62, 72-61. I apologize. Watching that game, Christopher Newport was in more control than I thought there, handing Randolph-Macon its first loss if they thumped their rival Hamden sydney 92-71 randolph Megan though, came back in the second half and I thought had taken over control of that game, but Christopher Newport responded. So interesting result there. Rochester's undefeated. I watched their game against St. John Fisher. They survived 86-82 in overtime. Do not get me started on St. John Fisher's web stream. There's a lot of things I could dive into there that are driving me nuts, including what I think is a little bit of an unfair tactic there by the Cardinals broadcasters. Uh, Rochester also beat Geneseo to start the week and Nazareth. They were playing the what is the former Wendy's classic mentality. The the D threes have gotten together for a for a shootout. Um Rochester's good. I don't know if they're great. I like them at 17, but being undefeated is going to make voters overreact. We can talk to Ryan Scott about that. Middlebury, we mentioned lost to Blatsburg, got back on the winning scale against Skidmore. Got to wonder what's going on with Skidmore. They are just not playing good basketball to start this season. They got smoked 71-54. Amherst in the overreaction category lost to Babson this week. Uh, I don't think they should have been in the top 25 to begin with. North Central lost to North Park on Saturday. Lynchburg also in the overreaction category. I don't think they should have been ranked lost to Guilford before barely getting past Methodist. Uh, In the others receiving votes category, we mentioned Montclair State beating New Jersey City, then losing to TCNJ. New Jersey City beat Albertus Magnus, then lost to Montclair, then got past Rutgers Newark, but without not without blowing a 17-point um, lead at one point in the second half. Eastern Connecticut, we mentioned lost to Western Connecticut. They at least got past, past Plymouth State. Jeez. John Carroll lost to Mount Union. We mentioned that. It wasn't close. 95-74. They then beat Muskegon, 88-79. They're 4-3. and three. Again, I'm just not sure what's going on with John Carroll. Roanoke lost to Virginia Wesley in 63 56. Roanoke seems to be struggling at the start of the season. They're 6 and 3. Hope lost to Stevens Point 82 74. I think that is not a bad sign. Hope put up 74 points on Stevens Point, to be blunt. I think that's pretty good, but they're still 4 and 3. I, I may have to debate about taking them out of my top 25, even though I kept them in there last week. And Keene State lost to Mass Dartmouth. By the way, Hope being in there with one vote, that's this guy. So maybe I am the one who's going to drop hope. Uh, no one's going to vote for him. Uh, Mass Dartmouth beat uh, Keene State. and I don't know why Keene State was getting a vote either, but I, I, I'll leave that alone. Uh, Chicago lost to Thomas Moore. More importantly, lost to Madison Temple. We talked a little bit about that earlier on, but Chicago was uh, quiet nonetheless. Then you got jumped down to 17. Wartburg lost to Eau Claire. Had an interesting WIAC American River Conference night on Saturday or afternoon, and you had some upsets. Wartburg losing to Eau Claire was one upset lost by five uh we'll get to the other one in a minute Emery and Henry lost to Randolph-Macon in a terrific early season ODAC title tilt preview maybe uh, as both those teams are going to battle it out the rest of the season Texas Dallas lost to Mary Harden Baylor in women's basketball I think that's showing that Mary Harden Baylor is definitely no joke uh Texas Dallas is a good team and I think Mary Harden Baylor is showing that they are a darn good team Whitewater, this is the other one, lost to Coe 68-63 in a surprise result. Whitewater 4-3, and three, not what everybody expected them out of the gates. In the receiving votes category, Rochester Tech lost to St. John Fisher in overtime. Marymount lost to Stevenson. I talked about Stevenson's struggles, but that's a solid win for the Mustangs, 76-63. Mount Union lost to John Carroll 61-58. Uh, Washu, Wheaton, and Montclair all lost, so did Chapman. Harden-Simmons lost twice this week to Ozarks and Texas Tyler. Uh, Whitman lost to Thomas Moore by 17. It just shows you how good Thomas Moore is. And Mass Dartmouth lost to Bowdoin, but not without putting Bowden on the ropes, but remember we were watching that or tuning into that live here on Hoopsville Thursday. So there's kind of what you got. Um Let's see, Mason Asher says, How will you handle Worcester and Wabash, even Witt, although they are all playing well? Worcester 7-1, Wabash 7-0, Witt 7-1. Worcester stays in the top 20. Wabash sneaks into the top 20 with big wins on the road over OWU and Worcester. I think that's a a lot of the question, Mason. I think it's going to be a hard debate. I think Ryan and I will certainly talk about it at the end of the show, but that's where I'm at. Wittenberg, I'm now freely admitting maybe I've got way too high. I've had them in my top ten. I think maybe i got to kind of gut check on them. I'm not voting for... I don't think I voted for Worcester this week. Oh, I actually forgot who I voted for, and I don't have my sheet in front of me. Let me see if I can call it up. I don't think I voted for him this week. Um, let's see here. i got to find it. Apologize. takes a moment sometimes with emails. I have like four different email systems, and so I always am running around trying to find... What I'm looking for? Oh, that's not it. No, that is. That's it. That's it. That's it. Nope, that's not it. Sorry, I'll try and find it. I don't think I voted for Worcester this past week. I think I was waiting for that, for their their week against Wabash. I'm more prone to putting Wabash in over Worcester. Uh, I think I'll put. I don't. I don't want to say where I'll put them exactly. As I, I'll I'll dive into my top twenty-five tonight. Um, Wabash if Wabash probably goes in there somewhere around the 20 slot right now, maybe 15 to 20, depending on what I've got else moving around. Whitman's going to come back down to earth a little bit for me, probably slide into that 10 to 15, 15 to 20 range. I'm not sure. I'm I'm ready to pull the trigger on Worcester. If I'm not voting for it. if I am voting for him, I know I don't have him high. I can't believe I forgot it. I'll see if I can find it somewhere. Um, Oh, that's gonna bug me. The fact I don't have that top 25 ballot in front of me. Oh, here we go. Here I found it. Look, we go. All right. So I had Wittenberg at 10. That feels way too high. And I do not have Worcester on my ballot. So I don't think I'll get maybe Worcester gets in if I remove a bunch of teams. I don't think I do. Um, there's an outside chance Worcester gets in. I just don't I think I have Wabash and Wittenberg on my top 25. But again. I, I'm kind of looking at it, a little bit of a vacuum there. I'm not looking at everybody else who may be in the conversation and, and all the movement going around, too. So it'll be interesting. Whoa, just about at the time. we got to get going. We've got to get to our first guest, speaking of which, it will be Marietta's men's basketball, speaking of that region. Talk to him about what is going on in his land especially, but also what's going on in the conference I think it's going to be an interesting conversation. I really do want to dive into with him about what's going on and and how, you know, again, a hot start for them. You know, how do they kind of get through the middle here? The middle always seems to be their Achilles heel. We'll see what he has to say with a team maybe that not all of us fully appreciate. You're watching Hoops Hole presented by D3hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. We'll be back with more Hoops Hole when we return.
1: I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school.
2: I got the
3: presidential scholarship, which was huge for me.
4: I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division Three.
3: I did receive academic scholarships. Just being involved on campus, being a leader, all those things combined kind of get me recognized. It's a great experience for me.
5: My name. It's Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint
0: welcome back to hoops all everybody on this sunday edition a reminder we'll be back on the air thursday seven o'clock eastern time we'll also be on the air next sunday seven o'clock eastern time i am dabbling with the idea of the 20th our last show before the christmas holiday of uh doing that one midday kind of an ode to everybody getting out of town for the holidays we may just do that uh, midday on December 20th, we shall see. Kind of like the midday shows, um, to some, because well, I've got the ability to do them, and it allows me a little more time with the family. But we'll see. Uh, it, it, it challenges our Wednesday. If you've got questions for us or our guest, at D3 Hoops or hashtag Hoops on your Twitter, or on our Facebook simulcast, facebook.com slash You can also join us there, um, or on uh, the YouTube page, or wherever you may be joining us, Bill Gorman, Jeremy Newman, Ron Snyder, Steve Schauer, welcome to the program. Gentlemen, hope you uh, enjoy this one. All right, so I've I've said this in the past. I've I've been somewhat upfront about it. Marietta's off to a hot start again. We've seen that before. They beat two big teams in the conference, three really, Wittenberg, John Carroll, and Baldwin-Wallace. 84-74, 82-75, 87-68 in succession. They've got Wilmington and Muskegon ahead before they'll take a Christmas holiday, head to Phoenix, for whatever reason they're going to Phoenix, and play Elmhurst out there. Uh, Then they come back into conference and play Heidelberg and Capital on this other side of the new year. Target's gotten bigger on the Pioneers. What do we expect from them? Well, that's why we have this program, and that's why we get the coaches we do. Joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline is the head coach of the 13th-ranked Pioneers. It is John Vinderwall. Coach, thanks for taking the time.
6: Thanks for having me, Dave.
0: Absolutely. Um, all right. So we, I feel like you and I've discussed this off to another hot start looking solid. You got some big wins in the conference. You've got to be thrilled with how you guys have gotten out of the gate, especially when maybe no one was looking your way necessarily.
6: Yeah. You know, we're, we're excited about our start. Um, I, I really like my team Dave. I, I, uh, this is one of the best groups I think I've ever had It's just from, a. From a chemistry standpoint, uh, from a coachability standpoint, uh, our guys are just really dialed in this year. They're really together. Um, I really feel like we're one united front. They're playing super hard and and just really competing on every possession. And you know, like it's, and we're and we're really deep this year. You know, we're we're playing 11, 12 guys every game. And uh, the kids have just been working really hard. They've been joy to work with, and uh, couldn't could be proud of our group right now.
0: You guys, I want to get into a couple of things on this one. I want to talk about, you know, where we go from here, as it were. I also want to talk about the the team and 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 the OAC race. I'm not sure where we'll start, so let's maybe just start with the team. Uh, you talk about this maybe being the best team you've had, and listen, over the years, I wouldn't be surprised for you to develop a better team than what you've had in the past. That's gotten you guys on the roadmap, as it were. That said, you had some pretty darn good teams. You've come close to getting to the final four using the home court as your advantage. What is it about this squad specifically, nuance-wise, that's maybe best that you've had there at the Pioneers?
6: Sure. You know, I don't think this is probably isn't our most talented group that we've ever had. Uh, Although I think we've got some really talented players. uh, I just think it's maybe our deepest group and our most together group. Uh, You know, it's really building that chemistry in the fall and, and the early part of the season was, was really, really important to us this year. And uh, our guys have just really bought in uh, to what we've been preaching and what we've been, you know, focusing on this year. And, and it's just been a fun group to work with. And, you know, more so than talent, if you've got, you know, a group of guys that's really bought in, you know, I, I think that's a lot more important. And, and right now that seems to be this group. And, and as long as they stay the course – I think we got a chance to do some special things this year, and obviously we've got a you know a, a tough schedule ahead of us. We've got mm-hmm. a lot of good teams on our schedule, and it's not going to be easy. But I I just like the, the makeup of our team and in uh, the direction we're headed.
0: You talk about the, the the scoring options. You've got four guys in double figures right now. Um, nobody blowing it away in double figures, but still solid numbers. Kyle Dixon at twelve and a half points a game. Uh, you got Anthony Wallace coming off the bench essentially at 11.5 points a game. Tim Krieger, a uh, sophomore, at 10.5 points a game. Jason Ellis at 10 points a game. We'll mention Caleb Hoying as well because he's got 9-plus points a game. Heck, we might as well mention Lucas uh, Isley as well at 8 points a game. That's a lot of options. And If there's one thing I'm certainly known in Division Three is when there's options, it makes you harder to stop. I don't remember the last time, and it, admittedly it's 8 games in here, but I don't remember the last time you've had a program that had four or five guys that are a threat you usually had two guys and thus it's one of your pick your poisons now
6: yeah and i think that's what makes us uh you know tough to prepare for is um you know we've actually in this early part of the season been kind of subbing five for five and letting guys play for about four minutes we subbed five new guys in and and we've gone into almost like a third third team at, at points and um so, I think we're we're fairly challenging to prepare for because we're playing really fast and really up tempo. We're not you know just going to one or two guys. we're just moving the ball and sharing it and taking the best shots that we can get. And you know we're averaging over ninety per yeah. game doing that. And, we, and to be honest, we really haven't shot the ball very well yet. Uh, we did one game, uh, the Saint Vincent game. We we shot it tremendously well, but um, we scored one hundred fifteen that night. But uh, <laughs> you know, m- most nights we haven't been shooting it that well. We've done a great job of going, getting it back, and, and hit the old glass really hard. Uh, but our guys are sharing the ball and playing well together. And. And they bought into, you know, we don't have anybody playing heavy minutes. I mean, I don't think we've got anybody playing over 20 minutes a game right now. And, uh, you know, so guys are just bought into that, and they're just excited about uh, winning games and playing together, and, and that's why I like this group.
0: You're shooting 47% from the field, 34% from beyond the arc, 79% from the free throw line. As you said, averaging nearly 20, 92 points a game while only allowing 70. And, again, you just went through a gauntlet. You beat Wittenberg. um, you then beat, oh, hold on, I just lost my note, which was in front of me, and I don't want to get them wrong. John Carroll. John Carroll, thank you, and, which I was yep. about to bring them up. Uh, and, of course, you just got past Walden Wallace. That's a tough set. Obviously, it's not the end of the road here, but you mentioned that five-for-five five stuff. That's a little, a little John Carroll-esque. <laughs> you, you stealing something from the conference well, here? <laughs>
6: no. I mean, I guess you could say that, right? I mean, they're, they're the ones that are known for seven, five-for-five, five and, and doing that <laughs> whole thing, and... And, uh, we're, we're, we're definitely not trying to be John Carroll. We're, we're, we're very out of, we're our own identity. Uh, but you know, it was just going early part of the season. I mean, I, to be honest, it kind of started with going into our scrimmages. We weren't sure who we were supposed to be playing and who we weren't supposed to be playing. Cause we felt like we had about 15 guys that were all pretty good. And, and so we going into our scrimmages, we just kind of said, Hey, we're going to sell five for five and see how guys do. And, and everybody did pretty good <laughs> and so it didn't it didn't make making any decisions any easier and so he we said well I guess we'll just keep rolling with this into the season and see how long we can keep this thing this train uh going in the right direction doing what we're doing and, it, and it's worked so far and and uh, you know we get in foul trouble and things like that we we can't sub five for five we've got to change change things up and that happened against ball the wallace on Saturday mm. I mean I, I played 13 guys in the first half of that game mm. Um but you know it's we're you know we're just trying to we're just trying to outcompete people and uh, make it a fast game and, and make it an intense game and, and uh, we feel like since we're deep the more possessions there are the, the better it is for us.
0: In the last five or some odd years, we've we've talked often, um, gotten a chance to see you guys in action. We've had a couple conversations where it was all right. We got out to a really good start, but um or you know we need to get out to a really good start and hold it or whatever the case may be you're out to another good start and and I hate to be the pessimist but I feel like I've been down the road before and I want to I want confidence maybe that it's not going that way how do we how do you guys avoid that stumble at mid-season or in in mid-January and granted I know you're going to take absolutely some tough games I'm not expecting you to go undefeated in the OAC right. But I felt like in years past, you've taken a couple games, two, three, four in a row, where it's like, uh-oh, what just happened to the Pioneers? And, and it's not necessarily injury-related. Do, is that on your mind when you get out to a start like this? Okay, what do we need to do to make sure we don't kind of implode a little bit?
6: Well, no, I mean, I, no, it's not on our mind at all. We approach every game the, the exact same way, and we're, we're pretty regimented in, in our preparation and our approach. And I'm not, you know... You surprised me a little bit by, by saying that. I mean, you know, the last four years we've won 100 games, so we've oh, averaged sure. 20, 20, 25 wins a season, so we can't be stumbling that much right No, now, no, no, no. and I don't uh, mean it. No, I don't, yeah, and I don't mean you all of we'll a sudden go.
0: fall to 500, but it's it's games that have certainly put you guys in tough spots, come at large, or maybe um, makes us all concerned, maybe it puts pressure on you is what I really should say, because all of a sudden you've gone through a four-game stretch there, and you're like, oh, crap, you know, we need to kind of find ourselves again.
6: Yeah, I don't. You know, I don't. I don't know that I. We. We. You know, like you said, it's hard to go undefeated, right? I mean, oh, absolutely. We, uh, yeah, yeah and I. Ago, we, I certainly we want to temper it. Yeah. Yeah, we started off the season a few years ago, twenty-one and zero, and then and then dropped two in a row. And I think anytime you lose lose a game for the first time, especially when you win a bunch of games in a row, and and maybe you lose a game, there's there's a chance for for that second hangover to happen, right? Sure. And and because you're trying to figure out, okay, we're. We're not we're not used to losing, and now we just got beat. How do we handle it? Um, But we've never, you know, I don't think in the last eight years we've ever had a, a bad stretch. You know, I don't. We we might have lost two games in a row at one point, but. For the most part, I think we've been pretty consistent and pretty steady. Um, you know, as I mentioned, we've won we won a bunch of games. We've yeah, yeah. done a good job with their approach, and and uh, so you know, getting off to a hot start, you know, that definitely doesn't concern me at all. I mean, I'd rather get off to a hot start than a slow start. Yeah, and, that's uh, true. We're we're gonna just do what we can to to keep it going and keep our guys focused. You know, and that's what we do talk about when. Well we put you know, last few years we've had a twenty one game win streak, a nineteen game win streak, we've we've done some good things like that. And I always talk to our guys during those stretches about hey, when you have it you gotta learn how to, you know, handle success. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times people talk about handling failure, but you really also have to learn how to handle success and I think there's two big things you always fight. You fight, you know, arrogancy and, and complacency and and uh, you, you can't get either one of those. And so we really try to focus with our guys on that. We tell them, hey, listen, whether we win or lose, it doesn't matter. We just got to get better. And, and that's our goal, right? We just want to get better every day. So come, come end of February, beginning of March, we're, we're the best team we can be, and hopefully we can make a run.
0: We talk about the conference. Uh, again, you got past Wittenberg and John Carroll, but you know they're coming again, as it were. You've got Baldwin-Wallace a second time, certainly, as well. You've still got two against Mount Union who seems to be playing well again this season? How much has the OAC changed in the time you've been there? And I realize that part of the OAC's change is that Marietta's in the mix. So sure. I realize this is a little bit of an odd question, maybe for you, but from your vantage point, how much has the conference changed and where?
6: Well, yeah, I think I think you mentioned it. You know, we were kind of a, a doormat of the league for for a mm-hmm. long time, and when we kind of sprung onto the scene and started winning a lot of games and competing for championships. Uh, it did kind of feel like the landscape changed a little bit. Some of those teams that were, you know, always in the middle or, or maybe towards the bottom started, you know, started making the same kind of progress that we were making. And I think it's just become a really deep and competitive league. You know, I mean, it's uh, it's definitely not one of those leagues where you can say there's one or two teams at the top every year. Uh, you know, you can look at this year's OBC standings and, you know, some teams that were picked towards the bottom are – are really making a hard push. You know, mm-hmm. I know Wilmington just, just lost to, to uh Mount Union, but everybody's been telling me how, how great they're playing. Yeah. And, you know, they were not they were not a preseason favorite at all and they and have been playing some really good basketball and you can you can say that about a lot of the teams in our league. And it's and that's you know, maybe that's what you're referring to earlier too, is it's there's just no nights off in our league, you know, and so you can get off to a hot start and win a bunch of games and then and then maybe hit a little bit of a rough patch because the teams in our conference are so good.
0: You guys will head out to the D3 Desert Invitational. Um, you're just a little south of where you're supposed to be. Uh, you're supposed to be in Vegas, but that's another conversation. <laughs> sure. um, you'll take on Elmerst. I don't know who else is out there. Um, obviously, those games are just as big, but is it good also way, to some degree? And I'm going to circle back on, on, on my reasoning, but is it kind of good maybe also to get out of town? To, to yeah. break up the what the sights and sounds and and to some degree the the fame and fortune as it were.
6: <laughs> yeah, it's it's always good for us to get out of town over over Christmas break. You know, I mean it's it's a long season and and it's always nice to take your guys on the road and, and you know specifically nice to go south and get in a little nicer weather and get mm-hmm. rejuvenated maybe a little bit and and, um, and it's just a great team bonding and chemistry thing when you get a chance to travel across the country and go play a couple games and, and take the guys somewhere maybe they've never been before. And, uh, so, yeah, it's definitely good, and, and I always find it kind of rejuvenating for our, for our team.
0: Marietta is a unique place. Um, I've seen that gym jam-packed. I've seen that gym completely empty. Uh, you <laughs> weren't playing in that completely empty game um the 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 atmosphere and and the the reaction of the immediate area the town and the region because obviously they come from West Virginia as well um because you're right on the border to see you guys is incredible mm-hmm. i think i read an article recently 55 million dollar impact they say marietta athletics has on on the on the economy in that area and that area for anybody who doesn't know it's 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 true rural impoverished i don't want to say but it's certainly not well-to-do area of the united states how much does marietta sports especially men's basketball mean to that community
6: well you know we we think we've got a wonderful community here you know it's it's um there's a lot more to marietta than than i think people realize and it's it's a decent sized town and there's probably a lot more to do here than than what people probably give us credit for but uh (laughs) it's it's a great place you know it's um you know, my my family's lived here for for 12 years now, and it's it. We always tell people, man, it has really exceeded our expectations on on all levels. And so, you know, I think Merritt Athletics is great for the community, and I also think the community is 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 great for Merritt College Athletics. I mean, the support we get is is just incredible. And. You know, it's, I think I always tell people it's the perfect size town or city or community for a Division three school because it's big mm-hmm. enough that our guys can get everything they need to get as college kids, but it's also small enough and we're isolated enough we're kind of the big show in town. You yeah. know, we're front page of the paper and we're, you know, we can see the ticket holders now. We're selling out, selling out just about every night and, and playing in just an electric environment. It gives us a huge home court advantage and it gives people in the town something to do. So I... I think we both both the community and the school benefit from, you know, from the relationship with each other. I think it's a, it's a great dynamic.
0: It, it, it absolutely is um, quintessential Division three to some degree, and quintessential rural America, um, in the sense that they 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 do get around and gather around their local teams, whether it be high school or college, and it's it's fun to see. Um, You do have a weird dynamic, though. Uh, We should mention you just got home from going to the Browns game, and I don't know how the game ended, but you're so used to winning as a head coach at Marietta. How do you deal going to Browns games, (laughs) sir?
6: Well, that's, I guess, kind of a unique story. You know, I grew up in Michigan, so I'm a Lions fan, so I don't have a. Oh, that's. Okay. uh, Okay. uh, Yeah, you still don't uh, have. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> for for whatever reason, my two young kids are are huge Cam Newton fans. I think the dad oh. has kind of taken over the world uh, of our youth. So, but they're they're huge Carolina Panther fans. Gotcha. And again, our our awesome community here that supports us kind of you know knows my family really well and uh, family in town that has season tickets to the Browns said hey they're playing the Panthers. Why don't you take the kids to the game? Oh, cool. and so so we took him up there, and, and my wife and I thought, "Well, this will be good. We'll get to take the kids to see the Panthers, and they'll for sure to win because they're playing the Browns." And and uh, yeah. of course, uh, you know that the, the Browns ended winning <laughs> the game today. And my my little girl was crying at the game, and because she's not used to losing either. So uh, oh. when her when her Panthers lost today, it was it was tough. Uh,
0: I've seen that happen before, sir. Uh, I took my son to a Ravens game. I don't remember when it was. Was it a Ravens game? It was some, yeah, he was. Not very pleased that his team had lost. Uh, it was it was an ugly show. Um, sure. We we had to get used to him, just understanding that that happens in sports. He plays sports. That's a cool story. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, yeah. Coach, thanks for the time. Um, obviously, a lot ahead of you. You guys have a long schedule ahead, but it's going to be a fascinating OAC race. And looking forward to it. I appreciate you coming on, being and being you know forthright with us, even if maybe we're up a different tree. <laughs> uh, than everybody else. Uh, good luck the rest of the season. As you know, we always give the uh, final word to the coach. Any final words you want to share with those maybe tuning in?
6: No, it's just great being on the show tonight, Dave. Thanks for having me, and uh, you know, thanks for everything you do for Division Three basketball. We we uh, we really appreciate it.
0: Well, thank you, sir. Hey, next time you're heading west and maybe a little south, go a little north. That's all I'm saying. Sure. A we'll, little north. South Point we'll, Arena is a nice we'll place. we
6: get out there. We're, we're planning on getting out there for the tournament one of these years. We, we'd love to do it. So we'd we'll we'll be you. there at some
0: point. Love to see you. Take care of yourself. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Dave. No problem. John Vanderwall joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline talking about his pioneers. His point about the town, I want to reiterate and kind of tie back to Pat Coleman's podcast he had with Dan Krikorian. Um, I can't even remember the name of the podcast. I apologize, Dan. It's a very good podcast. I thought it was well put together. But Pat talked about where Division Three really thrives. It's towns like Marietta. It, it's it's towns like Amherst, Massachusetts, Williams, Massachusetts, um, Bloomington, Illinois. Even though there's a D one uh, school in Bloomington, it's those towns that really aren't overly large. the The town rallies around what's in what's around them. I'm in the Baltimore area. I'll be honest. You don't see the town rattling around Goucher, even Johns Hopkins, believe it or not. You don't see him going to Stevenson and all of that. McDaniel, you see a little bit of it, but you certainly see it when you get a little bit more rural. Franklin and Marshall and Lancaster is a prime example of that. Marietta is that. And the fact that it's a $55 million impact athletics is on that community, I think is a staggering thought. Um, 55 million doesn't sound like a lot. And, and, and coach may be right. The town may be more than what I'm addressing it. I'm, i Grew up in downtown Chicago. I grew up in extremely rural and extremely poor Maine, uh, part of Maine. So I understand the dynamic. And Marietta is certainly more than my area is in Maine. But $55 million goes a long way. So really interesting story there in Marietta. And I appreciate Coach coming on. We'll take another break. When we come back, we'll switch to women's basketball, talk about a team just outside of Philadelphia, actually. Widener. And uh, they're pretty good start to the season. In what I think is going to be a pretty good season Alisna Kittner can either agree or disagree with me. She'll be on the show coming up. You'll listen to Hoops presented by D3hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More hoops after this.
2: College Basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE-logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built.
3: For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student athletes, it's more than that. A lot more.
5: Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team.
3: That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world.
4: Help us keep that dream alive.
3: You can make a difference.
4: This is why we love sports. It's in the way they play, free from the pressures and all the money talk. Playing for simply the love of the game where everyone has a shot at their definition of success on and off the field. This is what
2: we love about sports and what we can still love about college sports.
1: We've got more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships and we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com.
0: Sorry for the pregnant pause. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, on this Thursday evening. A couple of quick comments from the chat rooms, as I noticed. Um, we turned around and, and spotted those comments. Give me a second here to, to call them up. Um, Jake Hosen says, Dave, great show. Uh, we got That's coming up. We'll, we'll deal with that one in a second. That's coming up. Sorry. Um, a couple of great shout-outs to um, John Vanderwall coming on here. Uh, I can see John coaching in the NBA. Hey, Chuck, let's keep John to ourselves, okay? I'm a little selfish that way. Uh, Daryl Duncan says, talk about focus. Thomas More women came over to Washington State and showed why they're the top shooting team in the nation. The Saints destroyed my Whitworth Pirates and then on another shooting, put on another shooting clinic against Whitman the next day. Shots were dropping from all over the court. Sort of fun to watch. Daryl, we'll talk more about that. Coming up as well. Uh, speaking of women's basketball, let's make transitions into that. And joining us, or one of the programs I got a chance to see to start this season was uh, the Widener women's basketball team. Got to see them against Eastern Mennonite and then Farum in Westminster, Maryland at the Gill Center at McDaniel College. And I was pretty darn impressed, especially with their game against Eastern Mennonite. Then I was surprised to spot that they had been picked fourth, maybe fifth in their own conference this season. That just seems completely out of whack, in my opinion. So I waited a little bit of time, bided my time, wanted to see what they did. Well, they lost to Messiah in overtime, 69-66, and then have gone through the rest of the conference, beating Alvernia, Albright, and Hood. Time to get them on the show. Joining me on the Hoopsville Hotline is Alyssa Kittner. And, Coach, thanks for taking the time.
7: Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me. I appreciate
0: it. Absolutely. Did not get a chance to chat with you at McDaniel, but there's enough going on at a tournament <laughs> that sometimes that's not all possible, and they kept putting you, I think, on the uh, bench away from me. Um <laughs> Maybe you were on the bench nearest me, but whatever. Let's not ruin the story. Um, I really was impressed with your game against Eastern Mennonite, and it's because I came in thinking, okay, Eastern Mennonite might be willing to go up pace. They certainly did in the first half a little bit. You guys came out and said, yeah, we can do that too, and that caught me by surprise because you've got a lot of height, which normally in the women's game says let's slow it down. And I'm not talking two, three Players are at six foot. You've got like six, and you play four <laughs> consistently, which is ridiculous. Um, but you also have in a point guard, one of the more ferocious guards in Madison, Ireland that I've ever seen play, at least in the last handful of years. You guys came back on Eastern Mennonite, and all of a sudden they were the ones who didn't want to go up pace anymore. They slowed tried to slow things down, and Madison almost seemed to thrive on that. You guys who ended up winning that game, and then against Ferrum, I felt bad that Ferrum was going to stand no chance, though they came back on you guys. Um, I- am I reading your your team correctly? You don't mind going pretty high tempo here, because your your tall players can certainly go up and down the court, and you've got a spark plug in Ireland that is just ridiculous.
7: That's the game plan. Okay, good. Honest. All right, great. Thanks we, we, we for coming on, show. I appreciate it. Yeah. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is it. I mean we doubt it on the head. Um, we're in October thirteenth with not having Mini Ireland as our point guard. We wanna go. Uh, she's a great floor general, can facilitate really well. So whenever we get out there we really wanna push the ball and good thing is we do have some six footers that can, can keep the pace and that's yeah. that's pretty much what we wanna do. Um we did go in and, and our whole goal this year is to run teams and hopefully from third, fourth quarter with how many kids we're playing, we kinda of wear them down. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the goal of this season. You know, I have a good point guard. I got some scorers around her. And if we can play some good defense, get some defensive rebounds, we want to get out and go.
0: You're listed with four players at, at six foot. And I want to make a point of this because uh, you got Kiera Schenk at, f- at six foot tall. You got Emily Hardy at six foot two. You got Charlotte Stern and Olivia Pennypacker both at six foot. But I'd argue Jasmine Franklin at 5'11 and Izzy Hamlin at 5'10 or maybe, and I don't say this often undersized i think there's just as <laughs> as six footers in reality as well and you're willing to go into that depth a lot of times you take a six footer out one or two of them you don't have the six footers to put in or you don't have the faith to put them in you you're more than willing to put all six of them in at some point in time
7: yeah we're really trying to go deep this year we're, we're trying to wear teams down um and in order to do that we got to play you know, anywhere from 11 to 13 players Is pretty consistent what we've been doing this year My assistants are doing a great job. I kind of turned over all the subbing to them this year. It's the first time I've done that in 16 years, and it's working for us. It really makes me concentrate, and I have a better relationship with Minnie Ireland and my point guard with of on the same page. So while they're doing that, I can concentrate on the game, and and it's working. So, yeah, we do have some six-footers. I mean, I agree with you. Jasmine Franklin is right there about almost six foot. So we do go pretty deep, and one that you missed was Aaron Fallon, who's also probably 5'10", 5'11".
1: Yep, good point.
7: So, so we do have some six-footers, but they can all run, and that's yeah. the benefit with us right now. Um, I don't have to slow it down because we're tall. Yeah, that was the thing.
0: That's exactly what I what, what kind of stood out to me during the games was that, you know, okay, how do you slow Ireland down? You know, what my thinking was, okay, she gets a couple six-footers, and I think at one point in one of those games, and I want to say it was against Eastern Mennonite, you had three six-footers on the floor. And I'm thinking to myself, they're going to have to maybe you know back off a little bit here. No, 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 no. Ireland was still full full go- bore there. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and you guys were getting up and down the floor and full court pressing and man in your face and, and, and all of that. Very And not fouling a lot either. A lot of teams get too aggressive. You guys are very disciplined. Now, granted, I saw you early in the season. I don't know how much it changed. But seemed like you're really disciplined.
7: Well, I appreciate that. I, I try to tell them to keep their hands off. That's obviously a point of emphasis this year. Yeah. Got a little foul trouble, actually, yesterday. So. Okay. As much as as well as it's been going yesterday, we had a little problems with, <laughs> with touching a little bit too much at foot. But uh, we try to stay disciplined. We really focus on that in practice, do a lot of defensive drills, and call it on them when they're doing it just to make sure they know this is the way it's supposed to be played.
0: You've played 10 players in all 10 games. you played 11 in 9 of the 10 games. you played 12 in 7 of those 10 games. You obviously go mm-hmm. deep. It mm-hmm. does, though, go through Rimmer. Uh, Twenty, Nearly 20 points a game. Um, shooting 46% from the floor, 45.5% from beyond the arc. Um, hands out two assists a game. You then got Phelan, Aaron Phelan at 12.5 points a game, then Madison Ireland at seven points a game, and, of course, seven assists a game. Uh, yeah, she distributes. And then six and a half out of McCracken. So all of those glorifying, glorifying things to say about the bigs, it seems odd that you're not getting more scoring from more players is that maybe the one thing that this team needs to maybe get more out of is is more offense
7: yeah i would like to see we're missing some bunnies a lot lately you know i feel like we're hitting the hard ones and missing the easy ones mm. so i think as the season goes on especially because we're so young um i think that's gonna come i just don't think we're disciplined enough right now and, and focusing enough and especially when we get out and running in that third and fourth quarter where we want to get people tired. We're a little tired, too, at that point, but we need to focus on finishing a little bit more and get the get those the scoring up. I mean, we're averaging 70 a game, which is pretty good right now, but I think it could be a, a lot higher, to be honest.
0: It certainly seems like it could be higher, too. Um, Beat St. Mary's to get things going. Penn State Brandywine was a win as well. Eastern Monday Night Farm as we mentioned. Newman and Marywood. Then you had that battle with Messiah. I, I again was surprised that the conference coaches picked you guys somewhere around fourth or fifth in this conference. Cause it, and I know Stevenson was picked second, but I really felt you guys are higher up in that gr- grouping. I can't imagine this isn't coming down to you and and Messiah, maybe Stevenson for the top of this conference, especially considering Albright has taken a significant step uh, back after the talent that they lost. It feels like you can fill that void and make things a little bit interesting is is that your take too? Do you guys think you're better than you're being perceived?
7: Uh, I don't know if we're better than when we're being perceived at this point because I'm not sure how good I think we are at this point. Okay. I think we're com- completing games. I think we're we're gritty. We grind it out. We're, we're we're winning, but I don't know how if we played a 40 minute game yet. And hmm. I think once you see that, uh, it could be a different conversation. But right now, you know, we're, we're doing what we're supposed to do. But we got to get better we we got to continue to practice hard. We're in a very tough conference, as you know. Yeah. You know we we did have a test early in Messiah. We took them down, went into overtime. Um, but, uh, you know, I've we have Lycoming, Lycoming coming up on Saturday. It's going to be a really tough game for us. Uh, and I think we'll find out where we really are after that game. But uh, I do think we're good, but I think we can definitely get better. Just being so young, I only have four upperclassmen, and – I'm playing three freshmen at times at the end of in the, in the game. So I can't imagine that that's not going to grow as the season does. Um, like On Saturday, yesterday, Aaron Fallon had 30 points worth against Hood. Hmm. It was a nice little surprise. So so we're getting better every day. I don't know if I'm surprised we were kicked because we haven't been very good the last couple of years. We hmm. struggled. Um, but this year's chemistry is a little different. Our energy, we're up-tempo unselfish play and our defense is really clicking and they're buying
0: in at this point yeah last season 12 and 13 the year before 9 and 16 Mm -hmm. the year before that 13 Mm -hmm. and 12 you've been hovering around since 2013's breakout year of 24 and 6 around 500 for the most part um i'll talk about the team a little more specifically in a moment but let's just talk about the schedule ahead you've got a a swathmore and light coming as you mentioned out of conference in conference Mm -hmm. uh then you'll play curry and sage down in fort lauderdale before taking mm-hmm. your break, and then you get back, and it's all conference all, all the time. Love Val Stevenson mm-hmm. to get things rolling. Um, mm-hmm. How do you keep everybody focused at this point on the season with not only a trip to Fort Lauderdale coming, holiday plans for, for players, the finals you're, that you're in the middle of? You know that can, that can make these two games ahead, especially, mm-hmm. a little bit of an afterthought.
7: Yeah, I always struggle um, this weekend and the past week that we just finished with finals. People, you know, professors giving finals in the last week of school. I have a lot of nurses on my team. Yeah. I think I have at least nine, maybe ten nurses out of sixteen, and they're high academic kids, so they're really focused focused on their academics. And we try to give them a little break, but I knew I had to play a game during finals this week, especially with conference coming up on Saturday. So I threw Swarthmore on there on on Tuesday, so to just make sure we're still playing. Uh, and I'll give them a couple of days off. But I think once we get down to Florida, we'll, we'll focus again. And once we come back, we'll get a week off. And then we, got, we have Lebanon Valley at home. And that's going to be the start of making sure we're going game by game. And that's the most important thing is focusing on the upcoming game, not looking ahead or not looking past anybody. Uh, sure. That seems to happen, especially with, with young kids. So I'm trying to really keep them focused on the upcoming schedule one game at a time
0: um before we wrap up let me go back to madison ireland for a moment the good news mm-hmm. is she's on your team the bad news for everybody <laughs> is she's a junior
3: um exactly right. <laughs> she
0: is I, I i tell people when i got into college basketball at the division three level it was at my alma mater goucher and i saw one of the best on the ball defenders in men's basketball to this day that i've seen vince williams could could be his own full court press, press for 94 feet it was ridiculous never fouled either Madison is like that player. She reminds me of that tenacious. Will not leave your hip pocket. You cannot shake her. She's not necessarily going to foul either. As much as you talk about the uh, mm-hmm. emphasis on the hand checks this year, she is got another gear to her too, which makes her scary. Can you give her though, give us a little bit of a, a glimpse into what she's like as a player from your vantage point?
7: Sure. Well, as a point guard myself, I love my point guards, and I really, I really try to get as close as possible with them and build a relationship with them. Um, there's been ups and downs with any point guard and, and coach, but this year she's really doing a nice job. She struggled a little bit from the floor shooting this year, and mm-hmm. you can see it kind of getting in her head. I'm really trying to have her focus on the defense of them because we're trying to push her up a little bit more. Okay. You know, bring her up three-quarter court, make her just like you're saying, make them turn, up, turn a little bit, make people tired. The kid does not get tired. She's in no. outstanding shape. She's in outstanding shape. And if she does, you don't know it. She has this space about her. You know, sometimes she, I say, can you show me some emotion? You know, she's very emotionless. Even if she hits the winning shot or misses the winning shot, it's the same face. Hmm. And that's why she's really good because she's not going to give you anything. She's not going to let up. She's going to get after it. And she's going to put 40-minute games together. And she's been doing a great job for us for three years. She was second-team all-conference player last year as a sophomore. Um, really got better from freshman year. And I see I have seen her jump this year. She's starting mm-hmm. on the game a little bit better. Um, has some players around her that she knows who she needs to go to, especially at key points in the game. And she's actually relying on them. And that makes a point guard even better.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah, you talk about her shooting struggles, 25% Mm -hmm. from the floor, 23% from beyond the arc. But here's what's staggering. Again, seven assists a game, Mm -hmm. which is ridiculous. Surprisingly, not as many steals, but that's mainly because she's probably forcing players into some bad passes that her teammates take advantage of. But she's second on the team, tied for second on the team in rebounding with Phelan at 5.7. The leader at 6.2 is Schenck, who we talked about. Mm -hmm. She is all over the floor.
7: She's a great defensive rebounder. You may notice, I think she may have three offensive rebounders, rebounds this season. Yeah. We do not have her go in. She is the first one back. That is why that number is low. Sure. But defensively, she goes in and gets it, because if we can get it in her hands right off that rim, we're going to score offense. And that's that's the whole point of her defensive rebound. And you'll see she's averaging 8, 9, 10 in defensive rebounds a game. and it's pretty impressive but she knows this, the quicker we get it in her hands the better we're going to be so she's really active on the defensive end as far as rebounding
0: so what do we expect the rest of the season here we obviously talked about the short term uh the conference is where this all means leb val has been good in the past uh, streaky stevenson mm-hmm. you know expected to be well though had a little bit of an odd start to the season they'll beat marymount the other night uh, obviously messiah is messiah albright we mentioned took a step back anybody else alvernia always seems to be a little sneaky anybody else here what do you how do you see this all panning out
7: well as you know this conference uh, this conference is a tough conference yeah um you never know who's going to win it. obviously messiah is always at the top um, yeah. mike is a great coach um I, my colleagues in conference do a great job and they they do a good job recruiting and any year it's It's anybody's. Um, Unfortunately for Messiah, they did lose one of their best players in the Springer. Um, And I I think it's anybody's conference now. Uh, I do believe that we should be able to get in the playoffs as long as we keep grinding and practice and getting better. Uh, But it's anybody's game. You can never count anybody out. Uh, I, I keep telling my team people are coming for you they're going to give you your best game and that's how it's going to be from there here on out through conference so i don't know how it's going to plan out i just hope we're in that top five getting into that, the playoffs this year
0: well i'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out jay cozen says uh tell Alyssa that we miss her here in doylestown she may work in <laughs> chester but doylestown is quote home she was a great <laughs> player and a nicer person give her our best and we hope that she's in great health
7: no, thank you very much. Absolutely.
0: Coach, appreciate the time. I am intrigued. I'll admit, coming into that tournament, I kind of went, okay, you know, we'll see what Widener's all about. And you had me hooked about halfway through the first half against Eastern <laughs> Mennonite, and you weren't winning at the time. Um, I'm really impressed with the squad. Love to see the play. And uh, I appreciate the time talking about them and breaking them down for us. Uh, we have a tradition on the show. We always give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in?
7: Definitely. Dave, I want to thank you. Thank you for uh, everything you do for D3 Basketball. Uh, you know, we love listening to your show. It's been great, uh, and I really appreciate you having me
0: on. Well, thanks for the kind words, Coach. Have a wonderful holiday. Safe travels to Fort Lauderdale. I feel horrible for you in Fort Lauderdale. <laughs>
3: uh,
0: you might miss a couple snowstorms up here while you're down there. Uh, <laughs> I hope so. Exactly. In the meantime, take care. We'll look forward to talking about the Pride as we get closer to the conference tournament time.
7: Great. Right. Thanks,
0: Dave. Take care. Alyssa uh, Kittner yeah. joining us again from Widener. Oh, I just noticed the graphic was misspelled. Forgotten I in there, folks. It's Widener, apparently, on tonight's show. Yeah, we'll fix that. Anyway, coming up against Swarthmore, they take them on, uh, let's see, that's Tuesday at home. Then they'll face Lycoming by the end of the week uh, at home in conference play. Then they have a few days off, head down to Fort Lauderdale, where they'll play Curry and Sage. Sage is a little bit, and that'll be an interesting test. Then A couple of weeks off, and they're back uh, at at home in conference play against Lev Val. We'll take another break. Oh, actually, before I take a break, that question Daryl Duncan brought up talk about focus. Thomas Moore playing well in Washington State. He then talked about their good shooting against Whitworth and Whitman. I'll be I'll tell you honestly about Thomas Moore. What surprised me was they weren't tired. Thomas Moore, I thought, was starting to struggle a little bit. They beat Chicago. Barely got past, Good, granted, a good Marietta team. I thought the trip out to the West Coast would drain them. They won Whitworth 104-65, then beat Whitman 80-63. That surprised me. I'm hoping we get them on the show this week to talk about it, in particular Madison Temple. But Thomas Moore remembers having to slam all these games into the early two-thirds of the season because they aren't going to be able to play from about mid-January on many games in Division three. So they're 11-0 already, and yeah, I was really impressed with how they went out west. And with that, we'll take a break. When we come back, we will talk uh, back to men's basketball, heading to New Jersey, so one side of the Delaware River to the other. We'll talk uh, to Montclair State men's basketball. You listen to Hoops, Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoops after this.
3: I'm a Division three
4: student-athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame,
2: or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way
5: or any other homophobic terms.
2: If you can play, you can play in Division 3. I'm a Division 3 student athlete and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division 3.
3: I used to never really talk. Ever. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless.
1: We've got more schools than Division 1, more fans than Division 2, and more upsets than March Madness.
0: And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, on this Sunday evening. Hope you're enjoying the program. We certainly are. Uh, great interviews so far. we got one more coming. Don't forget, coming up a little bit later, Ryan Scout will join us. I can tell you right now, for you those of you tuning in, send us questions or thoughts or ideas. Between this next guest and Ryan, we'll have some time to chat. Um, and I'd be happy to, answer, to try and answer some questions uh, and give you some ideas. Of course, when Ryan comes on, we'll talk some men's basketball top 25. But if you've got some women's ideas, fire them away um of course twitter at d3 hoopsville or hashtag hoopsville email us hoopsville at d3 hoops.com and join us on facebook facebook.com slash hoopsville all right so another team i got a little bug in my ear the same bug in my ear about the yen jack who's always in my ear every year he's mainly talking about his team and he still does but he turned to me a couple of weeks ago and said hey watch out for the red hawks on on the montclair side we had Karen Harvey on a few weeks ago. Talked about maybe this might be a program for her that doesn't win the conference championship. Well, flip that over on the men's side. It might be a team that could win the conference championship. Marlon Sears has a squad there that is and 8-2. Appropriately enough coming off of a loss to TCNJ, but that's a good TCNJ team, let's be honest. Uh, there as well. But Montclair, William Patterson, and TCNJ are all 4-1. and one. Ramapo, New Jersey City, Stockton are all 3-2. and two. I Don't think a couple teams expected to start things out like that. Maybe Montclair did. They've got Rutgers-Newark ahead, but they got a big tilt coming on the other side of the new year. So we figured best time to talk to them might be right now. So joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline is the head coach of the Red Hawks. It is Marlon Sears. And, sir, thank you for taking the time.
8: Thank you, Dave. Really really appreciate you having me on the show.
0: Well, I appreciate you finding the time as well. Um, Again eight and two start your two losses are to Rochester who's currently undefeated at nine and zero at 54 45 in that contest that was back uh, right around Thanksgiving and then TCNJ again last night and of course TCNJ is five and three four and one in conference I-, I wouldn't say that there's any bad losses in there I'm sure yesterday's is stinging a little bit because you guys probably wanted that victory more than anything but did you expect this start to the season
8: you know, I, I I think we definitely expect expect expected this start uh, to our season, uh, and you're absolutely right about that loss. Hurt it, it definitely stung. I think it stung our players, uh, which which definitely makes you feel a little you know better as a coach. Uh, but Matt Goldsmith, you got to take your hat off to him and his program. He did a great job of having his guys ready to play, and uh, they really did a terrific terrific job of, of rebounding the basketball and keeping us off the glass.
0: Well, that's nine times out of ten, one of the biggest important factors in this. But the NJAC's tough. Listen, we've we've knocked the NJAC for the last 20 years about not being the same powerhouse it had been um, in years past, you know, in the previous century, for example, which is weird to say. It doesn't mean it hasn't been tough every given night. You haven't necessarily been there the entire time, but you certainly have been into what has been the more recent battles in this conference. How Do you have to get your guys up for these games, or do they know? You know, I think they know,
8: uh, but I'm sure you know as well as every other coach in the country, uh, you definitely have to get your team up and ready to go uh, because as it, tough as it is to play against a team like Ramapo, Jersey City, College of New Jersey, if you walk into Rutgers Camden Gym, who's they're struggling this year, those guys could beat you. So you definitely have to get these guys ready to go every single night in this league because it is between you, it's just a meat grinder. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, meat grinder is, I think, about the right way of describing it. Um, I mean, New Jersey City, for example, is supposed to be this juggernaut of a team. Not only do they bring back most of the unit that was so good last year. But they supposedly added on with all this talent. We can talk about how that can be sometimes tough to mesh together. But you know they're three and two in the conference. You guys beat them earlier this week. Uh, this isn't gonna be a very easy road in the end, Jack. And is there almost concern you guys beat each other up too much? If if you know what I mean?
8: You know it's it's th- th- that's a great uh, statement there because you know I, I've spoken to Mark and a couple other coaches in the league and it's kind of we all kind of say the same thing it's like you know like we we feel like this is a definitely a two but maybe a three bid league but i just think we just beat each we just beat the crap out of each other Mm -hmm. and you know you look at our record at the end of the year and sometimes a team that probably should be getting to the ncaa tournament doesn't get in um but as, as far as njcu like, you're talking about a talented basketball team. There's no question I think they're going to be fine. I think they're dealing with a few injuries and things like that. Mm-hmm. But he, uh, he he's definitely going to get those guys going in the right direction. There's no question about
0: that. You took on three of the toughest teams in the conference, Ramapo for what they have put together in the last few years. Granted, going through a little bit of a rebuilding slash retooling year, you beat them by 20. Then you knocked off New Jersey City by 5. And then TCNJ thanked you for that effort by beating you by 10. Um, you'll obviously play them all again uh, later in the season, but ahead you still got Rutgers-Newark, who you can't kind of sleep past either. You already indicated the bottom team here can knock off the top team if if the situation is right here. How do you keep your guys, and maybe the loss will help, keep your guys focused that, hey, every game's going to have to be you at 100%. You know,
8: it's one of those things like, you know, we had a chance to really spend quite a bit of time with our guys, you know, starting on October 15th and one of the things they kept reiterating to me is is they want to get better daily. Mm. And I think if you show up to practice and you're getting better daily and then you're spending that extra time in the gym working on your shot and things like that, it'll take care of itself. Um so that that's one of the things that we really try to focus on is are we getting better every single day? Because if if you have that day, you know, there's a day before a game or two days where you, you know, you take a day off in practice uh, as a group; you're probably going to struggle in that next game.
0: You have three seniors on this team. That's almost a little scary for how deep you guys are, uh, in the sense that you've got a you know a lot of players who have to step up, and as a result, they're getting a lot of experience now uh, versus needing to get that experience later. Um, you're led by Miles Mitchell White uh, at 13 some odd points a game. I just lost it. Where is it? Uh there it is, thirteen point eight points a game. Uh Jarrett Bogus at thirteen point two and Giovanni Chatham at thir- at eleven point three and then eight plus for both uh Daniel Ramis and, and, and Eddie Amado. It's those underclassmen though in that mix. You know, they're they're the ones who are really well, helping this squad. Those young men
8: graduated last year.
0: Oh, do I have last year's stats in front of me? Yeah, I do. Oh my stats. lord. Let me try that one again. So. Sorry about that, Coach. I thought I clicked on the right link. No, you're good. Oh, you know what? That's why. I was looking in the wrong spot. I was wondering why these names didn't add up. This is what happens (laughs) when you click on the wrong darn link, folks. Uh, Here we go. Akbar Hoffman. I've heard of him. Uh, 18.8 points a game. Uh, Miles Mitchell-White, who I mentioned before, 14.5 points a game. Eddie uh, Emado. I apologize. Nine points a game. And then Robertson at eight points a game. So yeah, a couple of different names in there. But Hoffman obviously the big guy here. Um again though, it's underclassmen. It it's guys who are who aren't necessarily the senior class who are contributing. Absolutely.
8: You know we are like there's really one senior that's playing quite a bit of minutes and that's Jordan Rogerson. Yeah. He was one he was the first guy I recruited, four, four year oh, guy wow. I recruited when I got here. Um so to see the progression of the program to where we started four years ago to today. Um you know him and I talk. We talk at least once a week, and he's just he's just thrilled um, because everything that we spoke about when I, when I got him is it's coming true for him. You know, and first mm-hmm. and foremost academically, and, you know, inner city Union City Union City high school kid maintaining a 3.7 GPA and leading wow. it, the the and offensive rebounds pretty much his whole career. You know, it's, it's a pretty special situation for a young man like that.
0: Yeah, that's that says a lot, to be honest with you. Because the other thing, too, is he's got to check his ego to the door a little bit, right? I mean, he's the four-year senior guy, but that doesn't mean this team goes through him.
8: Well, you know, it's, it's he's such a great teammate. Um, and, and, you know, he leads us every single day with his energy and his effort. Um, but it's those underclassmen that, mm. that really make us special. Um, and, and that makes me feel good as a coach. You I got all those
0: guys coming back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. including a guy like Miles Mitchell White, who's a sophomore um, on this squad. He's second on the team in scoring, as we just listed. Accidentally, he was one of the top guys in scoring as a freshman. It's those kind of guys that make this program tick and make it scary for the next few years.
8: You know, he's a guy like you know, uh, you know, he's not necessarily taking a back seat. But he's really been able to do a great job of running his team um, because he's a guy that, you know, in my opinion, he can get twenty a night if you wanted to. But he's sacrificing his scoring for the betterment of the team, and I just like, you know, I just I take my hat off to it because that's really hard for young young players to do today.
0: Yeah, Yeah, you're right. It is. Yeah, you know, sometimes um, yeah, you know, people click differently nowadays. Or t- you know, and and to, to understand you have a different role, it's got to be tough as a coach. How do you explain to young men that hey, your role's got to be a little different? That might mean a little less in the star, lo- in the spotlight, and a little less in the in the headlines.
8: Absolutely. You know, I I think the biggest thing it comes down to is is how bad do you want to win. Mm. And I think when you want to win at the level that these young men told me they wanted to win at, I think they make sacrifices.
0: Mm-hmm. That's an interesting way of putting it. Um, yeah, that's a good point. What's interesting? You know, the interesting thing I see in this league is the coaching. And listen, the Chuck McBreens of the world are, are still there, stalwarts of the league, um, and certainly darn good. But there's a, there's a bit like you, um, TCNJ. And elsewhere where there's this influx coming. Who is the one who just hired recently? Um, the assistant coach name. Thank Adam you. Hutch. Keen. Um, Adam, thank you, Hutchinson, who was at WNL and then was at, at uh, Amherst for a year as an assistant coach. There's this new influx with a different point of view. You know, it's not that New Jersey point of view per se. I, I know you're an, a Newman grad and all, but it's not the, the old school New Jersey coach's point of view. How much has that changed this conference? How much has that changed the recruiting and the mentality of this conference that maybe has helped lead this conference kind of back into the national conversation?
8: You know, I think it's drastically changed. You know, like I was, you know, me and Goldie were talking when we were up there. And, you know, from a scheduling standpoint, from Mm -hmm. a recruiting standpoint, like you just really try to change not necessarily the image, but the way people view our league as a whole. And and in doing that, you know, you go play the Rochesters, the Williams, and those guys of the world, uh, just so, you know, people start to put us back on that level of, as you said, a decade ago, when the NJAC was considered one of the top two or three leagues in the country.
0: You talk about the scheduling. You've got Williams ahead of you, though it's at Moravian. Who knows if you signed up for Williams when you said you'd go to Moravian's tournament? Uh, I actually did. <laughs> okay, okay, good for you, good for you. Uh, you also have Virginia Wesleyan, who's maybe not as ferocious as they were. It's still a well-led team by Dave Macedo. Um, the I know the conference, the conversation in this conference, especially from our vantage point and me on this mic, has been: you got to improve the schedules. The SOS numbers have not been good. And this has been the conversation of, well, we deserve another team in the tournament, whatever it was, a second or third. And the conversation was always, well, the SOS needs to improve. We've seen that improve. I'm looking at your schedule. I'm thinking, huh, some of that message seems to be there because you are playing Williams and Virginia Wesleyan. Um, I see some other con- you know, games. Even New Jersey City has changed a little bit of their scheduling to that degree, and I'm seeing some other. Is that a conf- a, a conscious conversation with coaches right now? Um, That you guys are all saying to each other, we need to improve this number because especially we're beating the heck out of each other.
8: One hundred percent. I think me and Mark were in a gym last year, sitting together talking, and that was the one thing that he kept saying to me. He's like, "You got to get your SOS numbers up. You gotta, you know, you got to play tougher teams." I'm like, you know, because and especially if it's on their home floor, your home floor, you got you got to go play those tough
0: games, right? You look at, I mean, you have Staten Island, Penn College, CCNY earlier this season, RPI though, and then Rochester. So you saw that, and I know it's not an overnight thing, and certainly you know you, there could be misses. I get Staten Island though is a pretty safe one there. It, it, are those Penn College games though? Are those sometimes out of necessity more than because you know you just felt like picking up Penn College?
8: Well, you know, I, I think sometimes you know at the Division three level you have these gigantic rosters. Yeah. Um, and you, 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 you know, I, I'm fortunate enough at, at a state school in New Jersey mm-hmm. where I've been able to get young men like Miles Mitchell, white, uh, Irving calendar, Justin Porter, you know, guys that probably could play a step up, um, at, you know, at, at a low level division two level. And so, but then I got these other freshmen, Devin Cooper, Troy Edwards, the guys that i need to develop. And I need to get them playing time because you, you and I know, you know, as much as we like to say that hey, you develop in practice, yes, you do, but you also got to play because, as well as the Division One level, all the way down to the Division Three level, the transfer epidemic is it's outrageous.
0: You kind of just segued into what I was going to talk about. There's some who've been chatting about the transfer rates in the NJAC, or at least it's come up because new jersey city certainly got a bunch of transfers in the last couple of years that have bolstered them I and mean, i'm not knocking it the WIAC has some you know tough rules about it but some other state schools have it new jersey you can it's very easy to transfer your credits and and there's a lot of reasons why transfers are there is transfers okay in the NJAC, the way you guys have this set up you know,
8: I, I, me personally, I think it's completely okay because, hey, at the end of the day, you're giving another, you're giving a kid a chance. Right. Um, you know, and it's one thing if you take a transfer that you know has been to four different schools and this and that, but you know, if you're taking a transfer coming out of community college or a Division II school, those kids need an opportunity as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't see anything wrong with it.
0: Just uh obviously high profile sometimes puts it out of whack too, and, and you know we don't necessarily have like entire teams transferring, so
8: yeah and i i think i think part- part of what people don't see is is as you said you brought up n j c u like I think they don't see that the you know marks graduation rate they're oh, not sure. seeing that side of it, yeah, you know, like those kids are not only they're going there, but they're graduating, they're walking out of there with a with a degree,
0: yeah, that says something that absolutely says something. Uh, when you guys can have that, uh, coach. Appreciate the time. You got Rutgers Newark ahead. Uh, obviously, you guys are good. People know you're good. It's gonna be a bet on the end, Jack. What's What's on the chalkboard is a successful year, or maybe the the bar that you guys have set for yourselves. You know, I
8: think I think one of the biggest bars our, our team set for our, you know these young men is is they want to play an the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. And so that was part of the reason of we we bump you know we ramped up our schedule a little bit, and we got to you got to take care of business in the and mm-hmm. uh, that's what this thing is going to come down to for us.
0: Well, well said. Uh, you got to take care of business in the inject, but it also helps to have a little bit of a backstop um, in yeah. case uh, in case that doesn't happen because only one team is going to get out of there <laughs> with that uh, automatic <laughs> bid. <laughs> Uh, as much as you might want, uh, lots of you to get the automatic bid. Only one in, is allowed to have it. I'm sorry. Just the rules. It's the rules. Uh, Coach, thanks for the time. Really appreciate uh, the point of view. Uh, congratulations on the team. Uh, we always have a tradition. We allow the coaches to have the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Best
8: of luck to everybody out there. Happy yeah. uh, Merry Christmas.
0: Perfect way to say it. Coach, happy holidays yourself. We'll talk to you soon, and take care.
8: All right, take care. Bye.
0: Marlon Sears joining us here on the Hoopsville Hotline. Again, they got Rutgers Newark coming up on Wednesday, I believe. Then they'll take, uh, they'll take a little bit of time off, 18 days to be exact. And then they'll head off to Moravian College in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania to take on the current number two team in the country, Williams, and then Virginia Wesleyan as well. And then it's conference, conference, and nothing but conference the rest of the way. A couple dates to circle besides that tournament we were talking about. Um, they'll have a rematch with Ramapo on the 23rd and a rematch with TCNJ on the 26th of January and a rematch with New Jersey City on the 30th. Those three dates alone could have a huge impact on where the conference goes in terms of wins and losses and who's in the lead and all that stuff rest of the way. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll have a short period of time to answer your questions, chat about what's going on in Division Three before we get Ryan Scott in here to do our uh, top 25, double take, and wrap up the program. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NBC Studios. Back with more after this.
7: I coined my definition of success in 1934. My definition of success is peace of mind, attain only through self-satisfaction and knowing you made the effort to do the best of which you're capable. It's like reputation and character reputation is what others perceive you to be character is what you are
5: my name is marcus walker i was all state won a state championship a high school all-american and played college and pro ball i played because i love the game i grind to be the best i sweat because i put in work i'm strong because i believe when i want to bring it before game time i come to the house that college basketball built the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. Something I
2: discovered in myself is that if I have a goal I can accomplish it.
3: It's a well-rounded experience.
1: At a Division III school you primarily a student-athlete so the school is really shaped around you developing yourself as a complete individual.
2: It helps a lot that you have a family with your team that can guide
0: you. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, on this Sunday evening. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash hoopsville. Our friend Andrew tuning into the show and pointing out that hope men had lost, and we did notice that. I will most likely be removing them from my top 25 they're the only I was the only one who was still voting for them apparently um, we should point out Wesley and Salisbury played earlier today and the only reason I bring that up was Salisbury remember we had Chase Kumar uh, on the show on Thursday their senior and the senior captain I should add um, they were going for a school record ninth or school record best start to the season at nine and0 that's what I was trying to say and got it though it took overtime against Wesley and a last-second shot. But Salisbury continues to move along at 9-0. They were the first team out of the top 25. Maybe they break through. They had to use overtime to get past Marymount, and they needed overtime to get past Wesley. I'm not sure how the voters will receive that. I'll be honest, I'm still in a wait-and-see attitude there with Salisbury. I'm not sure I'm ready to jump on it yet. The one i got to figure out is Christopher Newport, um, whether I'm ready to jump in on them uh, right now or not either. Uh, on the women's side, um, a couple of, of results. Uh, obviously, Bowden had to come back on Mass Dartmouth. We talked about that on Thursday show as it was taking place. Um, Scranton was idle, by the way, uh, if anyone is interested. Messiah had a, an easy week. So did Amherst. Tufts didn't really have much of a challenging week. Uh, Illinois Wesleyan had an interesting week. They took on Stevens Point at the beginning and won by five, then defeated Elmhurst by ten, and then had to get past Augustana and beat them by seven. That was all this week in, in women's basketball. Eastern Texas, East Texas Baptist continues to play well. They beat Sol Ross State, 82-54. We talked about Mary Harden Baylor playing well. Um, going back up to, to number two, Hope, by the way. They're undefeated, but Albion nearly tripped them up. Hope was trailing after the third quarter for the first time all season. Had to rally back to beat Albion uh, 74-66 to remain undefeated at 6-0. By the way, Randolph-Macon may pop into the top 25. They beat Mary Washington, St. Mary's, and number 18 Emory & Henry this week by 5-32-3, respectively, to be 9-1 and on this season. The other teams to watch on the men's and women's side are the same conference, same school. Mount Union, Um, they're playing pretty well. Um, I'm really interested to see how they kind of break through a little bit here as well. Uh, Coming up in a bit, Ryan Scott will join us to talk uh, top 25 a little bit. Uh, Sorry, I thought I got an email from somebody. I did not. Uh, Again, I think we got two polls left. I know the conversation was actually taking place, and I wasn't paying attention. Well, the top twenty-five this week. And I believe we'll have one more the following week. There's enough games taking place, so we'll keep an eye on that, um, just to see what happens. I, I have a feeling yeah, that could be, it could be interesting. Um, I, I there's enough movement on on the men's side. We'll talk about, but on the women's side, I think Bowdoin at least stays number one for now. I think that Mass Dartmouth game will will startle some voters. I think for some voters, they'll expect it. And, and maybe vote a little stronger for Mass Dartmouth, to be honest. Um, St. Thomas continues to play well. They beat Bethel 73-64 and then rolled over Car- Carrollton 92-30. We talked about how good Thomas Moore is. I do wonder if Thomas Moore starts to garner a few more votes. Sitting fourth, undefeated. Uh, I do wonder if maybe they start moving up the pole a little bit. Here's the thing. At some point, they may fall down the pole this year because they're not playing games or not playing any against Division Three opponents. Chicago lost to them. That's expected, and here's always where that situation I'm going to watch carefully is. Thomas Moore with 549 points, Chicago with 524. If Chicago loses a chunk and Thomas Moore doesn't gain any, then I'm going to be disappointed. If Thomas Moore gains a bunch and Chicago loses, it's going to kind of indicate to me that voters who had that flipped flipped it back, and I'm going to be fine with it. I just don't see think that Chicago deserves to lose a ton there, losing though by 13. That's a really good Thomas Moore squad. And they're going out there and challenging themselves. Hats off to them for doing that, too. Um, Tufts had an easy week, as I mentioned. Amherst had an easy week. George Fox played a non-Division three in Multonma. Um, I think I'm saying that wrong, but there's a famous Falls out there by the same name. Um, Messiah, we talked about earlier, got a win over Hood in Alvernia. Not a tough week. Trine didn't have a tough week, though Calvin gave him a game. Um, I'm actually a little surprised that Calvin game wasn't closer. And maybe Calvin's going through a little bit of a change here between what the old coaching regime had and the new coaching regime, we're at that crossroads here where Calvin's maybe in flux for a season. It was a 12-point game, and I expected that one to be closer. Um, St. Joseph's of Maine, and maybe it was closer earlier. I I didn't dive into the box score. St. Joseph's of Maine played Maine Maritime, Colby and Hos- Husson. Not much to write home about. Uh, we mentioned Illinois Wesleyan East, Texas Baptist, Mary Harden, Baylor. Christopher Newport had an easy win over North Carolina Wesleyan 161. I think, like, the captains may not be really well-known this year. Sitting at 16th at 7-1, and one, I think some people don't quite know who Christopher Newport is this season. Uh, Wartburg, we mentioned Split beat Loris, lost to Eau Claire. Emory and Henry Split, they beat Farham easily. No surprise there. I've seen Farham. They're a gritty bunch, but they are not nearly on the same level as Emory and Henry then lost to Randolph-Macon, what should be absolutely a tilt for the ODAC title this year. Gettysburg uh, beat McDaniel, saw that game, 62-58. Gettysburg led by... They didn't lead as many as you thought they would. I want to say it was 12, maybe 14. And McDaniel, which has done this a few times, came storming back on them and actually had a chance. It was less than four with less than 30 seconds left in what might be one of the worst officiated games I've seen. And if you know me, I don't talk about officiating all that often. I do not talk about worst officiating, best officiating, whatever. That game was poorly officiated. Um, I'll find it ironic if any th- of the three were, are listening to this show. Um, the foul, McDaniel was within one possession. Gettysburg was inbounding from you know the 28 foot line. They threw it towards the center court line. McDaniel basically had a four team um, trap, the half court line, the sideline plus two players, and they claimed the foul on one of the players who didn't touch the opponent. It it was an anticipatory call. It was the wrong call. I don't say that even if I do call McDaniel games, I will not be that swayed, and I think it cost McDaniel a chance. The funnier thing was talking to Nate Davis after the game. He didn't like the call only because, one, he also agreed no no touch. I think he agreed with that. But he wanted to waste more time before he called timeout. He was trying to kill as much clock. He hadn't called a timeout all game, had his full complement at his disposal and wanted to kill more time there. Anyway, Gettysburg's good. They're not as good as last year. I'll be blunt. They're not as good as last year. We'll see them in Vegas They'll take on Carthage, I know, is one of their games. Gettysburg might get exposed. They're still a good team. I actually left that not knowing if they were a top 25 team or needing to appreciate that where they are is this section of the top 25, and that's in the 17-25 to 25 range. Because Geneseo's behind them. I think that's probably right, though. They're 10-0 under a new head coach. guess we're going to have to get her on this show sometime soon. Texas-Dallas, we talked about Whitewater. DePaul is is uh, two wins this week against uh, Wittenberg and Oberon. Baldwin-Wallace undefeated. Uh, got a win over Case Western. Oshkosh got a big week, including a win over Wheatland, Wheaton, though they beat Finlandia and the other one, which is not worth writing home about. That Gettysburg squad, I, I, they're good. They're not the same squad. And what was really interesting is how they took out their tallest player who starts. She barely played the first half and saw maybe half the second half in action. Sometimes they need to go smaller to play better. Nate Davis is a good coach. He's got a good program there. I just didn't leave there thinking they were a top 25 team or needing to appreciate that is the top 25. If that makes any sense. Like that 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 section there is actually the true top 25. Not sure. Just my take on it uh getting to see some teams in action in front of me. Um just double-checking some things here. Ryan Scott's going to be coming up here in a moment. Um, darn it. Let's see here. Um, ooh, good idea. Got a message about an idea with Ryan. Well, we could do that, maybe. Good idea coming out of St. Louis. Maybe we'll float that past Ryan. I want to double-check if there are any questions from you folks, and I kept clicking on the wrong link. Uh, Trinity, Connecticut, 8-0 going into the break. Which Trinity? We're talking men, right? Yeah, got a win over Springfield, though, a depleted Springfield. Um, Ross had just returned. Um, hold on a second. I want to double-check which Trinity that is. I think it's men's. I hate when I do that. I, I get them all kind of mashed up in my head. People probably rolling their eyes, but I got to keep track of... You know, eight hundred programs. No, that's the women. It's the women. Sorry, the men are seven and three. Men are seven and three. By the way, one wins over Husson, New England, Elms. Lost to Nichols in Western Connecticut. Beat Southern Vermont. Beat Norwich and Springfield as you mentioned. Beat Clarkson, but then lost to Anna Maria. So I guess you know that's kind of where you kind of throw up a flag on Trinity men. Trinity women undefeated. Yes, Trinity women having. Listen, I think the the NESCAC women's side of things is going to be ridiculous this year. Um, you got. You got Amherst. You've got Bowden, You've got Tufts. You, now, you also have Trinity at 8 0 with wins over Mitchell, Eastern Connecticut, St. Joseph's, Gordon, Stevens, Coast Guard, Johnson and Wales, and Connecticut College. N- no juggernauts there. We're going to have to wait a while until they play Amherst on January 4th to know how good Trinity really is at women's basketball. But Williams, I think, is going to be surprisingly good, um, though they lost to Vassar last Thursday. But yeah, the NASCAC women is a, is a fascinating race this year. Uh, Dave says it's a great conference. It is. On the women's side, it's it's deeper than it used to be. It used to be way too top-heavy. It's definitely deeper. It's good to see. Um, probably one of the better conferences out there in women's basketball, to be sure. Um, I should have just kept reading that. Go Pios, says Jerry. Yes, go go Pios. Hello, Chris Ealy. Uh Your uh, Blue Jays football program did pretty darn well for themselves this season. Certainly gave uh, a... Gave, uh, Mount Union, all it could, all they could handle. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Ryan Scott joins us. I'm not sure if he's joining me via Skype or if he's joined by a phone, but we'll figure it out. Listen to Hoops Hoop, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NBC Studios. We'll be back with more after this.
1: I did receive a non athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school.
2: I got the presidential scholarship, which was
3: huge for me.
4: I think there's more opportunities
2: for academic scholarships in Division Three.
3: I didn't receive academic scholarships. Just being involved on campus, being a leader, all those things combined kind of get me recognized. It's a great experience for me.
5: My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I play because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Princeton. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can.
2: To get a friend home safe.
5: To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To To stop stop sexual sexual assault.
6: assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. We've
1: got more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness.
0: I'm your host, Dave McHugh. we got into to that point in time where we get to have a little bit of fun. Um, top 25 takedown, um, or double take. Not the traditional one we have. We're still kind of grooming how we want this segment to be eventually, like we did last year. But I got an interesting email that might help us here. But Ryan Scott joining us uh, gives me a chance. Ooh, I'm going to have to fix the window here. I just realized there's a, a problem with the Skype window. Uh, you're going to have to give me a moment. Uh, apparently, we don't. I'm going to use... Apparently, this, uh, we had some audio issue, or video issues, and we'll get this fixed. Uh, if you got questions for us, delete, uh, tweet us at D3 Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash hoopsville. All of the ways that you can tune in, and, and we hope we'll uh, enjoy uh, our time. Ryan is sitting there patiently waiting for me because somehow I have not got uh, his shot here, but we will call it up here momentarily. Um we certainly have a number of interesting um topics to discuss. And so I see you. I just need to figure a way to get everybody else to see you. Um and so we love to hear from you. So there there's how you do it folks. Uh screen capture. We're just I'm I'm literally going through the paces here. Uh, which is always fun on live television because you look down everything looks fine and then they tell you it doesn't look fine you dummy. Why don't you fix it? Um, again, if you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash hoopsville. Um, oh, you, I we we uh, kind of. It's not really... It, Ryan's trying to talk. They could hear me through you, my speakers, and that's not going to be lovely. Uh, so just I'm just trying to call up the right window, and, and we'll be ready to go here. Um, I'm calling up this is you know what I'm going to take a break we'll be right back folks I'll get this fixed up and then we can talk to Ryan it's this is how this works folks it always is back with more after this
2: college basketball lives in Kansas City at the college basketball experience at Sprint Center the college basketball experience is the place to get your game on it's not a museum it's an experience you won't forget discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame featuring the gallery of honor Mentor Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE-logoed Nike gear at the CBE hoop shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built.
3: For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student athletes, it's more than that, a lot more.
5: Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team.
3: That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world.
4: Help us keep that dream alive.
3: You can make a difference.
4: This is why we love sports. It's in the way they play, free from the pressures and all the money talk. Playing for simply the love of the game where everyone has a shot at their definition of success on and off the field. This is what we love about sports and what we can still love about college
1: sports. We've got more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games, leading to two national championships and we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin, nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're at D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com.
0: Welcome back to Hoops, everybody. I do have it working. Ryan has joined us. You can wave to the world, Ryan. Hello? Yes, am I, we am have I one here? You too. It's all working. Uh, if you've got questions for us, tweet us, as we mentioned. Uh, so, Top 25 Breakdown. Obviously, we're voting at least one more time. I think we're voting two more times, just for the record, if anyone's curious, if you care. Um, and as a result, sir, I would argue we have an interesting uh, scenario here because we haven't got a ton of games, but we have some games that are going to have some impact on how everything goes but we also have this huge group of teams that are either undefeated or with one loss that are lurking, if you know what I mean. You know, lurking yeah. like,
4: hey. This this was a really rough ballot today. Um, I got like 10 teams I'm pretty confident with, and then I got like another team, 10 that feel too high, <laughs> and then there's like 50 that could fit those last five spots.
0: <laughs> yeah. I haven't done mine yet. Has it been emailed out yet? It hasn't been emailed out yet. No, I don't um, think so. No, it hasn't, but uh, I, I know what you're saying. I cannot believe there's literally... Anyway, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. I, I, I'm I'm kind of stuck in the middle, as it were, too, and I don't know where to, to take it. Uh, I'd be fascinated, really, with some... Um, I'd be fascinated with how some voters go. I think some voters have been overreacted to some teams. I'll admit I overreacted to some teams. I absolutely overreacted, but then those teams come back with wins. Like, Wheaton beat Illinois Wesleyan, and I go back to thinking, okay, so maybe I was okay with that vote.
4: Yeah, I uh, – this is this is what happens early in the year, right, is our perceptions yeah. of teams change wildly. So, like, I was – I voted Oshkosh very high in the preseason, like everybody did because they are bringing back most of the team. And I dropped them pretty quick because some of those results didn't look so great. Uh, now I've got them back up again because right. some of the results look a little better than they used to.
0: right. That's the problem. Yeah. They're driving me insane.
4: And then you've got teams where you're really guessing. I mean, some of these undefeated teams, you know, a team like Amherst, you know the talent on that team, um, but they haven't really played anybody. And when they did, they lost. And so I don't know how to compare that to even someone like Rochester or Scranton or Salisbury, you know, that (laughs) um, you just don't know what's happening yet.
0: I can't find this wonderful email I got, which is going to drive me absolutely through the roof. Um, Yes, I could try the junk mail or the trash mail, and I did look there. It's not there. It's driving me insane. Uh, I will try one more time, because it was kind of one of those uh, sell it or don't sell it type scenarios, but uh, we'll come back to it. Um, But yeah, I mean, listen, I don't know how much you caught the Illinois West St. Augustana game, but that was thrilling, but that then told me that maybe Wheaton was better than I thought. Uh, Not what I thought, but how much maybe my gut shot on them initially was okay. And last week was just an admiration. Um, But then there's other programs. Listen, I I feel leery about Hamilton where they're sitting. Um, I feel leery about Plattsburgh. I know they lost. I just didn't feel like they were number 10 yet or had proved to be number 10, but then you get results. You sit there going, well, but where else am I going to put them?
4: Right. Yeah. Um, And that's what I said is, is there's a group from 11 through 18 that are all good and i know they're definite top 25 teams but i don't think any of them are as good as the spot i have them in but there's no one else to put there
0: so by the way i, f- I found the message it wasn't in my email somewhere else all right so i'm gonna throw this as kind of a buyer sell what do you th- what do you want to go at this jerome from st louis sent us these ideas
4: from st louis all right yeah
0: all right. So, team, team. If uh, you, you buy a team is on the right path and you believe in them this season, sell is a team off to a bad start and can't recover. I okay. think that's interesting. The first one's a doozy, and sir, it's in your wheelhouse, Cabrini. Cabrini. Uh,
4: buy or sell? Or, so, I would sell mm-hmm. for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they graduated their best player the best returning player transferred mm-hmm. that's that's not a great start they are in a new conference
0: yes that
4: is eminently winnable by just about everyone
0: yes
1: <laughs>
4: um they can recover uh will they i'm not sure i mean if i have to choose between buy and sell i'll go buy but they've got an out i mean yeah, I'll, I'll
0: i'm selling sell. yes they could win the conference i don't think that says much right now what? um they're not as good as people think they are.
4: What people are you talking
0: about? You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> um, and what was the result I just saw with them that was just ugly? It was yesterday. Where were they played.
4: played? Lebanon Valley by 16 they lost?
0: Yeah. Lebanon Valley's not – Lebanon Valley's average. Um, I'm selling Cabrini wholeheartedly. Next yeah, I mean,
4: they're 2-7, and seven and the, the, it's not a great – not a great schedule no and they have lost most of those games
0: next one's a good one because we had this conversation behind the scenes springfield
4: oh yeah i think springfield's really good i'm buying them all year uh, as long as we don't have any shoulder flare-ups um,
0: <laughs> the way they
4: played against williams i caught a good part of that game yeah um, they're not quite where they were at the beginning of the year they're not quite where we expect them to be but all the parts are there mm-hmm. um Williams had a great game and Springfield hung right with them Jake Ross is a big part of that team and when he's not there they suffer um he's back now they still lost a couple but um i think they'll be able to recover all right the big thing will be they have to win the conference now they got to beat MIT
0: right and that's and and a colleague of ours kind of i think admonished us probably rightly so where we were both kind of giddy, like, hey, if Springfield comes back, they're going to be darn good. Listen, they get in the NCAA tournament, they're going to be a tough out. Um, I I am absolutely buying them because I think once they get back into the swing of things and can play well, great. But they have put themselves in a little bit of a hole, which may require an at-large, or they got it, and that at-large could be risky. They may need to beat MIT for the AQ, which is okay. I think MIT gets in. But, you know, I'm still buying. I still think they're darn strong. Um, New Jersey City.
4: Uh, I'm sorry, Ira. I'm selling hard. Uh, I have not seen anything like w- what the potential was when the season started. Um, they're gritty. They're tough. They play hard. But I'm not sure they figured out exactly who they are yet. And based on what we saw last year, it's a lot of the same guys. I know they had some transfers come in, but I'm just not sure that's a team that's that's on a, a nationally competitive level.
0: I'm gonna buy, and the only okay. and I, I'm but, but I'm a little nervous. But I'm gonna buy. I'm buying for one reason. I think they do finally mesh. I think Coach Mark Brown's good enough to figure out how to get these guys on the same page. They definitely need to learn to to go without some hype right now. I think they need maybe the spotlight turned away from them. Hint, hint to to particulars out there. I think. I think they need to find themselves. I think they're going to be dangerous. I think they can win this conference. I think the conference is winnable for them. Montclair is going to be tough. There's going to be other tough teams out there. But I think they can find themselves at the right time and be a darn, darn, darn good team. The problem is they've so, done the same thing but by, the, by shooting themselves in the foot, by putting themselves off to a tough start.
4: So the caveat here, they're 7-3. It's not like the other two teams we've talked about that are dug themselves a big hole. No. They're in a good shape, and from what I understand, they're looking at two more Possibly. guys coming on over into the second semester. Which yeah, my only things.
0: concern, again, will be how does the team mesh? I was concerned about in the off season. You and I talked about it. I said, you bring these guys in, it's all well and good. It looks great on paper. You've got to get everybody to mesh. they got to understand their roles. I think that's where they're struggling right now. They're up and down. They had a, you know what looked like a good game against Albertus Magnus. The loss to Montclair did not startle me because I – thought Montclair could give him a game. It was yesterday's game of nearly blowing 17 points in the second half is what concerns me more than anything else.
4: Uh, Yeah, I mean, they've been inconsistent. And at this point of the season, the teams you're looking for are the consistent teams. The teams that when – I know it's a lot of eye tests that we don't like, but when I see a team and I'm not worried about them, watching them, right? When a team makes me nervous just watching them play – that's not a good sign.
0: <laughs> and, yeah, I
4: agree. and ACU is is a pretty nerve-wracking team to watch.
0: No, I'll give you that. I absolutely give you that. Yeah, sure. Um so let's go um a little to another direction with this one. Let's go with who was it? Oh. How long Rochester. is this list that he gave you? It's a good list. Rochester. Um So, speaking of
4: what we were just talking about, I don't think Rochester's as talented as their record shows. I'd agree with you. But I did watch the end of these two games this weekend that were tight, Mm -hmm. and they played smart, controlled basketball, and they very well could have lost both of them. And they had the kind of poise um, that shows to me that they'll have good results.
0: I'm buying. I hope no one yells at me for what I'm about to say. That win, the the winning play against New Jersey, uh Saint John Fisher, ad libbed on the floor. That baseball pass off the free throw? Yeah. Not drawn up.
4: Well, you could tell because you could hear the entire huddle over the
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: the <laughs> oh you I could know hear what
4: they were saying. I but, know.
0: Uh that's how I found out. <laughs> Uh, through other means, that's how I found out. By the way, interesting coach, enough. You know,
4: even if the coach doesn't draw it up, the guys that the guys were aware of, of that, I think it still speaks to their maturity. Mm-hmm. That's the big team in the UA that's got tons of experience, and, and I think that's showing.
0: Yeah, agreed. By the way, interesting that that camera's microphone is on. The camera behind the home team has <laughs> not got its microphone on. Um, Wheaton, Illinois. We kind of were dabbling with that one. By yourself.
4: So... I guess I have to buy because I'm voting for him this week. (laughs) Um, I thought it was an overreaction when they popped in before, but comparing their results to what we've got uh, around the country, I think they deserve it. I've got him at 24 this week. Um, I think Francis is playing much better than he has before. He's passing a lot more. He's making a lot better decisions. You can't deny the talent. Um, And they've got some good wins already.
0: I'm not willing to say sell on Wheaton. As much as Francis is playing better, I said on this air already, I think he takes still too many shots. I think he needs to find his teammates more. I think that's going to hurt them in some cases. I think we've already seen that in some cases. But he also nails some of the biggest shots you can imagine. Uh, And so I'm willing to buy right now, but I'm a little nervous on the sell um by the way whoever sent us this is absolutely loving it um well he thinks it should become a staple for us i'm fine with it becoming a staple but someone's gonna have to come up with a create list i don't think it's fair if we do because we're going to set ourselves up no Um, no we
4: don't need to be making the list but i'm happy to talk
1: about
0: i I think if someone else makes a list every sunday i'm willing to buy and sell i don't know if we need to make it up because i guarantee you i will find a way to set it up for my advantage um, Speaking of
4: Wheaton, we might have an issue this year because the other Wheaton in Massachusetts is 9-1 and one right now. True. Their schedule's been a little weak. I'm not voting for them just yet, but having to add the little parentheses with the state on there is going to be something new.
0: Fair argument. <laughs>
4: uh, Wabash. Uh, so Wheaton was my number 24. Wabash is my 25 this week. <laughs> uh, I didn't like it. I I feel like I want to see a couple more games. You're
0: kissing your sister.
4: Well, I'm not as high on Worcester as a lot of the other voters are. I'm
0: not voting for Worcester either.
4: They're you know, I. I... (laughs) It's one of those those last five spots. I don't feel good about anybody I put there. Six, really, the (laughs) last six spots. To be Um, honest with you,
0: watching you struggle is like watching. Now I know what I look like uh, because I have the same reactions you do. I
4: just Um, feel like that was, that was a, they played pretty well. And so far, every one of the teams I put at number 25 on my ballot has terribly screwed up the next week. That's true. Nobody knows
0: (laughs) that. That is true. You, you got like the 25th jinx.
4: I had Yeshiva on there. I voted for Lake Forest. I voted for uh, Keene last week. I was the one point. Um, yeah, you don't want me voting for you, number
0: 25. <laughs> <laughs> Who's 25? Oh, yeah, that's right, Wabash. All right, next one's an interesting one. I don't know if they're on your radar. They're 8-1 and one in the season. Everyone's
4: Great. on my radar, Dave. Everybody is.
0: Oh, listen to you. Mary Harden Baylor beat Schreiner, oh. Texas Lutheran, Trinity, Texas, Southwestern, Schreiner a second time, East, by the way, in non-conference play, East Texas Baptist, Lost to Laterno, beat Texas Lutheran, beat Texas Dallas.
4: Yeah, absolutely on my on my radar. I did Buy watch or sell. I'm trying to remember which which game. Um at this point I'm still selling, but I think they can talk me into it. Um <laughs> the hard part we always say with those ASC teams is yeah. you don't have a lot of comparison. Yep. And again, the schedule they put together, you know, they got Shriner twice, they got Texas Lutheran twice. Um It's just hard to know exactly. I've watched some of part of one game, um, and I think it's a really talented team. I actually think the level of play in the ASC is better this year than it even has been the last couple of years. I agree with that. Um, I think that the actual games on the floor are much more entertaining. They're much more athletic. They're at a higher level. So I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, but uh, they haven't quite sold me yet.
0: Here's my take. It's going to be a little weird, and this is without talking to Ken DeWeese, but when Ken thinks he's got a good team that's going to need to be in position, he doesn't schedule Shriner twice. That's the type of stuff he hates. He'd rather go out there and test himself, go to the D3hoops.com Classic, for example, or go elsewhere to pick up other teams or get teams to come to him. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to sell based on what I'm seeing of a schedule. I don't know if Ken thinks... He's got this, and I haven't talked to him, so I could be dead wrong. But I don't know if Ken thinks he's got as good a squad as that eight and one record indicates. We may get him on the show at a later date to confirm or deny that. But I think if he really thought he had a squad under him, and I know this is a two year process, so it's a little bit. But I think he would have had more non Texas teams on there.
4: Yeah, uh, I mean, I look at it; it's it's an okay schedule. They've won most of the games. The loss was to Letourneau. Who is a talented team, yeah. but maybe a little inconsistent? It was at home, especially with those Texas teams. You look at the home versus road because of how long some of those trips are. Right. Um, you don't like to see home losses. It, it's hard at this point. I mean, it's a toss-up. I don't, I don't, don't take my word for anything until about the mid-January. Yeah, event. I
0: agree. <laughs> I, I think he maybe thinks he can win the conference. I just don't think he thought there's an large chance with his squad. Maybe I do Maybe he thought he was going to take enough hits in the ASC. Is my point. I hope
4: he's listening because I want to know what he's going to oh, say to you. If creators. he's not, we'll
0: get him on the show at some point. Yeah. Um, final one is really it, interesting, but we kind of talked about him already. Salisbury. Uh,
4: yeah, I, they're punching above their weight. I yep. think they've that even. You had Chase on the last show. Yep. Um, they're coming together really well. They had yep. all their adversity before the season started, so they kind of had a mid-season gel early on. Um I, I'm not voting for them because I don't think they're a top-25 team. Mm-mm. Their results maybe deserve it, but I've seen them play a couple of times now, and and I want to see that consistency for more than a month before before I'm willing to put them in there.
0: Yeah, I'm selling not on the definition of uh, off to a bad start and can't recover. I'm selling on the sense that, yes, hey, great run. They're 9-0, and which is a new school record or program record. Um, all good things. But they don't have much of a schedule there. Um, it's not like they're playing world beaters. Uh, they've had overtime against Marymount and Wesley to, to pull this off in the last two. I think once they get into the grind of the conference schedule, it'll, it, that that will change. I don't think they're necessarily at the end. And maybe I'm proving dead wrong on this. They may be using the Andy Sachs story as a, as a fuel here but at some point that fuel runs out and you get into the nitty-gritty of the season and that's where I think they're going to they're going to take their hits and and not be there at the end of the season.
4: Well, they got the chance here. So they're off for 2 weeks, which is tough. Right. And then they've got at Rowan and then they're going up to that tournament in New England where they get Springfield and then I think it's either Nichols or Eastern Connecticut. I mean, it's two good games on the road after 2 weeks off um you know, if they have a good showing there, I'm much more likely to buy.
0: Got a SUNY Geneseo women's fan, Beth Herrick, watching the show. We were talking about Geneseo a little bit early. Dave says buy or sell St. Joe's, Connecticut men. <laughs> yeah, that's a setup, isn't it?
4: Uh, I'll, I'll buy them in two years. Yeah,
0: I'm not ready to buy them right now.
4: I'll be selling futures. Um, yeah, for buying. So, uh, Chris what? Childs, the freshman, freshman obviously, point yeah. guard. They're impressive player, really, really impressive player. Um, he's one to watch. Uh, worth watching a game or two for them just to see that kid play. Um,
0: I, I I think they can certainly have a heck of a season. Uh, I don't think they get past Albertus Magnus. I don't think they come out of the conference. I don't think they make the NCAA tournament. If they do, it's with an upset over Albertus Magnus, and I think they they walk square into what Division three can be really like um in the tournament so hey great story i don't want to diminish the story i think if if calhoun stays there for a couple of years they could end up having a heck of a program i just don't think in the first year i can i can buy in
4: I right, the team they got on the floor right now will be pretty darn good when they're not all freshmen
0: absolutely uh, agree with you absolutely <laughs> uh dan uh, yeah. dan says north park either final four or losing record well if it's my choices i'll take losing record
4: i i'm gonna say losing record anyway i think yeah um, i know they, they, have a lot of I know they got the
0: win over north central but <sighs> augustana illinois wesley and wheaton already i don't i don't see where north park comes out of that fray especially to no. a final no, four the I, mean, I know dave's being extreme huh their record's
4: three and seven already yeah, I, that's true. I don't see how they get to 500 yeah with I, the I, Dan, did to. you
0: mean north park i can't believe he meant north park
4: Maybe he just is trying to see what you'll actually read on the air. I,
0: well, I thought it was – I read it three or four times before I I dove in, so I, I was I was reading it with some seriousness.
4: I'm looking at their schedule. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and maybe. Seven, eight wins left. Nine at best. Oof. I, don't, I don't know but um, they get 100.
0: We heard who your 25 is. Anybody else that's a surprise on your ballot?
4: Yeah. Um, Mount Union is on my ballot out of nowhere. Um, okay. They've had a good schedule so far, they and they've have. played pretty well. Yeah. Um, I like I said last week, I try to start over, especially early before Christmas, from the beginning, and really compare these teams to each other. And sometimes that means my ballot gets turned upside down. Sure. Because um, perceptions change pretty quick. Um, Mount Union's on there where I didn't expect. I've got Oswego on my ballot. I feel like they've earned it at this point.
0: Um, With the win over, um, I just forgot who they beat. Well, everybody, right? Aren't they still Yeah, in? no, but they they beat somebody <laughs> who was Nazareth. They beat Nazareth. Yeah, they beat Nazareth. That's who it was.
4: Yeah. So well, um, I, I just think the schedule's strong, and they've won all the games. At some point, you have to reward that. So,
5: Yeah, I am.
0: I don't always agree that yeah, no, the schedule strong is what you said. Schedule strong in that case, I I buy.
4: All of these are down towards the bottom of my ballot, and I'm really trying to reward, you know, teams that have played decent schedules and right. and
0: win most of the games. It's the decent schedule part. I agree with you, though. Absolutely. I think that's going to wrap us up. I'm going to wrap up the show with you know, they beat Wheaton. He said, "Hmm, yeah, North Park." I, I know they beat Wheaton, but. They got to beat him twice. Uh, is he saying Seven. I mean, they're to the over conference? Wheaton.
4: I guess that's the hmm? 500 season. But
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no Final Four in North Park's future this Does
4: year. Does he mean the CCIW Final Four? Ooh. Because. Well, maybe. I mean, I guess beating North Central gives you a chance at the four seed in the conference.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, There's still three and seven. All right, we're done with having that conversation. I, I, no. I'm done talking about North Park until they're above 500. Um, by the way, MIAA is going to have a six-team tournament this year. I kind of like it.
4: Didn't the CCIW talk about expanding? Is that happening?
0: They did. Don't know if it's it's not happening last I checked.
4: Okay.
0: But there has been talk. There was
4: a discussion about going to six for them as well.
0: I wouldn't mind seeing that. I know there's some purists in that conference who hate it. but
4: Well, a conference like that, it's, it's not always fair. Because, I mean, you could be the one seed and lose a semi and not get into the tournament with how That's many true. good teams they have.
0: That's true. And, and furthermore, that those teams playing that first-round game kind of gain, gain a little bit of momentum, a little bit of, a you know, don't have that time off that the one, t- the one seed and two seeds have. They could come in with a little bit of momentum. You're right. And, and kind of topsy-turvy the whole thing. Totally. And depending
4: on the year, you can mess the SOS up for the Pool C teams, and there's a lot of considering. Yeah, though with
0: six, that tends to be less of a likely, but you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. All right, sir, well, I'm going to let you go on that note. Thanks for taking the time. Um, We got uh, one more Sunday show, so either we'll get you on or Bob or get, all, or get all three of us on at the same time and have a little chat before that. But uh, anything you're looking at, for the uh, week ahead, or is that too much of a gut shot question? There,
4: I know we go day by day around yeah, here. Yeah, exactly.
0: There we go. Okay. Yeah. Oh, trust me. There's times I look on the schedule and go, "Oh, they're playing tonight." Okay. <laughs> Need to schedule some time. <laughs> hey, sir. Thanks for the time. Appreciate it as always. Any final thoughts?
4: Uh, no, but I just want to say uh, I did an interview with a student athlete today, and I'm just reminded. Um, especially this week where finals are happening all across the country, that these are real student athletes, uh, and in many cases, basketball is a secondary consideration this week at least. Um, Really a lot of impressive impressive young people that we work with all the time, um, far beyond what happens on the court.
0: I am looking forward to this story, Um, mainly because I sent you one of the subjects. (laughs) Um, but I am looking forward to the story and well put, well put indeed. Uh, you take care. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Ryan Scott, joining us on the uh, Skype hotline. Um, Dave De Palma mentioned St. Joe's men. He said, I wanted to bring that up for the storyline. Dave, the storyline's there. We're talking about it. If you've missed the show, we've talked about St. Joe's Connecticut men. We have done it. They've been on this show. We had Calhoun on the first show of the season. um, I am sure we'll give them more attention as we go further. I'll admit, Gordon and, and Ryan got nowhere on trying to get an article with, with St. Joe's in the offseason. We got an interview with them. We'll talk about them somewhere down the road. Don't worry. They're not being ignored, but there's also just because it's Jim Calhoun doesn't mean we suddenly take a left-hand turn and, and talk about St. Joe's on a constant basis. Um, this is Division Three. Welcome to Division Three. And I realize you probably don't mean all of that, but my point is we have talked about them. They are on our radar. Um, I'm gonna continue watching them. I, I check out what they've done every week just to see what's going on. I know they beat Merchant Marine recently, um, but that's that's about it. But congratulations to them. We're gonna wrap up the show. We've gone a little in overtime tonight. Did not mean to do that, but we're gonna get going. You've been uh, I want to thank everybody who's been on the show tonight. Of course, uh, our guests, including Ryan Scott who joined us, but John v- uh, Vanderwall at Marietta, Al- Alyssa Kittner at Widener, and Marlon Sears at Montclair, and, of course, at those schools, sports information directors, including Jeff and, at Marietta, uh, Chad at Widener, and Mike at Montclair. Appreciate them taking the time to help us. Already got our ideas for Thursday. Tune in. We're already going to be booking those up in the next 24 hours. Top 25 vote comes out tomorrow. You can find out more about that on d3hoops.com, of course, um, and lots of other good stuff on the way. Good, we, sh- we have three more shows this Thursday, next Sunday, the following Thursday. Should be a lot of fun as we get up near Christmas time. And then don't forget the D3Hoops.com Classic. Um, lots lots of good basketball this time of year. But as, as Ryan said, keep an eye out um, for these student-athletes. You know They are students first, and this is the time of year where that's so important. And with that, we'll sign off. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you got questions for us in the meantime, you can always follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and whatnot. At D3 Hoopsville for both in email and or I'm sorry at D3 Hoopsville for both Twitter and Instagram and hashtag Hoopsville, and of course you can always find us on Facebook at facebook.com/slash Hoopsville. If you have guest ideas or thoughts you'd like to share, you can always email us Hoopsville at d3hoops.com. This show is copyrighted by DMac Productions and myself, Dave McHugh. If you'd like to reuse any parts of the show or the show in its entirety. We appreciate it, and we, and we love the fact you would do that, but please just contact us first so we can give the necessary permissions just so we know doing our due diligence and understand where our show is being recreated, or not recreated, but redistributed. And on that, have a wonderful rest of your Sunday. Look forward to some good Division Three basketball this week. And to those student-athletes out there who have not yet finished their finals, good luck on your finals as well. Good night, everybody, and have a good one. See you on Thursday night.